welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, episode 110, in which uh, it's a simulcast between uh, Ryan at the uh, Praxis Behind the Obscure. That's his podcast, and, uh, and, and mine is the Esoterra Nerd podcast. As you know, that's the one you're watching now. Um, so I'm not sure what we're going to talk about because I'm actually recording this before the interview, which is unusual for me. I don't know. The fancy struck me that way, you might say. Uh, so, but first... The music. Alright, I wonder what that's gonna be. This is Transformations by John Dan Reed. Chapter 6, verse 1. Among flowers, among trees, among coral, among animated creatures of other sorts, there are many different kinds. Among stars, among planets, among galaxies, among microbes, there are many different kinds. That's the way it is in universe, between sunlight and sunclips, and beyond sunlight and sunclips. There are many different kinds. No footnotes for today. And so, without further ado, let's get to that simulcast, shall we? Efficiency, I like it. Welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. And so, welcome to the uh, Praxis Behind the Obscure Podcast. Yes, this is a simulcast, which is cool because that means one of us yeah. doesn't have to sit here like a mannequin asking questions while the other talks the whole time. We can actually have a conversation like regular people. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like you, that. Who would believe that, right? <laughs> right, on a podcast yeah. without, and nobody can complain because we told them up front, you know, like... Uh, so, so it's not really an interview. I guess it's more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, oh, I'm curious. Sure. I, I intentionally didn't ask you any questions because I wanted to ask them here. How long have you been in Korea? Oh, it's been a long, it's several years. You know, I came here for a study program uh, for like a year and then I went back to the States and then mm-hmm. I came back and it's been like several years already. And you've been, you've been in India, what? Yeah, like, probably. I How first, long have you been in India? I first entered into India in uh, April of uh, 2018. And then I had to yeah. leave. I went back to California for, I think, two months, two and a half months to take care of some stuff to facilitate uh-huh. moving here permanently. Uh, oh, and, wow. And so, okay, okay. so I came here permanently at the end of November uh, mm-hmm. of 2018. So then, yeah, I okay. mean, well in time for... You know, then when COVID came around, everybody was surprised. And, uh, you know, India was real quick to shut down any, uh, even Indians Mm -hmm. who have the OIC, who 
re mm -hmm. reside somewhere U.S. or Canada aren't allowed to come back mm -hmm. into India. So, wow, it's a good thing I was here, you know, and I wasn't like right. uh, there or anything else, you know. But right, gosh. right, right. And now so, I heard that they're uh, they're going to reopen or something. That was the plan. Like they said, they're going to start yeah. allowing international, you know, tourists for the first time in like over like a year and a half or a year or something like that. Here or there? I mean, in India, I saw some article oh, about that. Oh, like my Maybe gosh. the end of this month or something oh, like that. They're, they're oh, planning to reopen. We got spoiled. We live in Goa, which is like such a huge tourist place, but we moved here mm -hmm. with zero tourism. The only tourists are Indian tourists. Uh, it's completely <laughs> shut down. So we, we've been living here. We like have a, a place here now and everything. So we've never experienced Goa and its natural state of being filled with wow. tourists, which will probably be doubled right. with what it normally is on a, on a busy day. So, yeah. What I heard is Goa is like the, that's like the, um, that's where pretty much like all the whites go, right? The white people go to Goa. Yeah. What, well, what's the, what's that's the, the way it, of Goa? What's, well, how did it become this like big? Uh, originally, draw? it was it was the Portuguese uh, built a fort here. There was a city called Ella, and it was a Muslim uh, stronghold. And then the Portuguese took it. And then uh, so so I mean I've I've been slowly learning more and more, and it's fascinating. Uh, the this was mm -hmm. the heart of the Inquisition in the world. Uh, in, in Spain, they, they killed, you know, a couple thousand people here. It was 15,000. Uh, and uh, and they, would, they would ship people here from other colonies to be tried and executed un under suspicion of being Jewish. So it has like a really bizarre history. But that history evolved slowly into a very interesting culture, which exists today, where uh, like a there's there's catholic neighborhoods and there's hindu neighborhoods uh there's mm -hmm. uh everybody's pretty much a quarter portuguese you know and uh mm -hmm. and the local language is a combination of the local language from 700 years ago and portuguese mm -hmm. i mean the portuguese were here consistently from the 1400s until like the 1960s so it's like different mm -hmm. from brazil different for like California had that has that old Spanish side of town kind of like the, sure. the, the original buildings but but uh the 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 Portuguese flavor here is very you know strong but everybody's right. Indian but a little bit Portuguese and uh and and everybody's like uh you know their mom is Catholic and not everybody but like there's a lot of people where their mom is Catholic and their dad is Hindu and then further it was the first place that the that the hippies flooded into uh, I right, think even right, before right. Rishikesh. So, the, mm -hmm. so then that has evolved into like, I was explaining it to Pew and then she went, oh, okay, that's how it happened. Because it's a tropical, it's, you know, there's mm -hmm. old, old, old churches, the very old churches, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, rivaling those in Europe and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, tropical, beautiful, rivers and lakes and ocean and then mm -hmm. and then there's all these clubs where people go and listen to this and take like <laughs> 17 different drugs and so i right. was explaining right. that that the hippies came and they've smoked weed and maybe took a little acid and played the guitar and that that happened that seed was planted what at this point 60 years ago uh almost 60 okay. years ago and so so that evolved into like the goa mm -hmm. party rave scene i think uh, but it's sort of like if you if you don't go to those clubs, then you don't really see it. Um, you hear it, 
you know, uh, like from where we are, we're in Anjuna, which <laughs> there was one, I, sorry, I'm, now I'm talking like I'm the guest. I'm going to make you talk later. <laughs> no, I'm, when, I'm very when, interested in this. Yeah, <laughs> when we originally decided to move to Goa, and I, I was looking at Anjuna because of the prices, you know, and mm -hmm. there was an Israeli couple at the same yoga uh, training that Pew and I were doing. And, uh, and they said, oh, Anjuna is pretty rough, you know, like a uh, lot of, a mm -hmm. lot of music, a lot of, you know, Russians <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Russians. It's mostly, mostly Russians in Goa actually. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the old definition of white was non-Irish, non-Catholic wasp, mm -hmm. you know, so, but I think mm -hmm. now people just go by, by skin tone. So I think that, that you know, mm. people, I mean, it's easy to do. You see a Russian, you go, oh, look, it's a white guy. But, you know, what does that even mean anymore? It just means you're right. not, it's, it's melanin at this point. It's not, which it, it, I don't know. Right. I, that's a whole other subject. But, uh, but yeah, they, right. there's a lot of interracial couples here. The foreigners that, that are here today, pretty much, mm -hmm. uh, I would say half of them are married to someone who's Indian. Um, and right. then the, the other half are uh, people who were here when COVID hit and they either mm -hmm. chose not to go back or they, you know, couldn't go back for whatever reason. Um, so there's people that are like, mm -hmm. that are poor, like people from Russia that have no money that are, that are being Just stranded, basically. taken yeah, care of cool. by the kindness of, you know, of people here. Yeah. Like they, right. they were staying at a hostel or an inn and then they ran out of money and then they just said, well, mm -hmm. you can stay here. I'm not going to kick you out, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, and so India was very nice about that, about letting, letting the foreigners stay here who wanted to. And uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I've traveled a lot too. I've never been, I've always wanted to go to India, of course, but um, mm -hmm. I've traveled a lot extensively. And just from like talking to a lot of other friends who travel a lot, India is one of those countries that's very polarizing. And the fact that like, I don't know, let me, like an example would be uh, like Thailand. Everyone's like, oh, it's pretty cool. You know, food's good. There's things to do. Like most people enjoy it. There's other yeah. countries people don't enjoy as much, but India is like either people really like it or they hate it. Like I haven't, yeah. Yeah. I've never really heard anybody say like, oh, it was, it was just okay. It was decent. You know, <laughs> they, they either say like, yeah. fuck that. Oh, like, I have friends that I yeah, think they're like, I think Fuck I, that place. I'm never going yeah, back. You know? I I wrote a I wrote a poem. I I wrote a well <laughs> anyway. I I I wrote this thing about a 22 year old from the perspective of a 22 year old vegan yogi who comes to India yeah. and becomes completely disillusioned and realizes that the India in their head was was not was a fantasy and that the real India is crap. And and I posted it just that, with no context and then and I thought it was funny but people were like posting sad face. I'm so sorry brother. I'm like it's a parody of Heather, you know, I wish it were pleather, you know. She goes to a leather, uh, a leather okay. shop what what do you and they're like no, it's not cow, it's buffalo, so it's okay. It's like I wish it were pleather you know and uh right, so right, so right. now i want to get back i want to get fit again and start playing the guitar and practice and practice so i can record it uh because it's right it's uh, that's that's pretty idea. funny though. it's like this uh <laughs> this sort of yuppie fantasy of this yeah. Uh, yeah. fantasy land or something like that and that's what's funny yeah. when i go and visit because i've lived abroad for a very long time mm. as well so what's funny is i'll go back to visit america and like all the the people that are like claiming to protect culture and the yuppies like they've actually never even really been anywhere like yeah they don't know how like you know they have an image oh. of their head how these countries are and, and then things seeing like that. seeing it from my yeah. wife's point of view when when yeah. uh, when people you know she came to yoga training with me and she was wearing clothes you know like you do and so the 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 uh israeli slash californian uh 
you know, yoga teacher that was already a yoga teacher that was getting more credentials kind of thing uh, was like, what are you dressed as? You look like a hipster from New York. As in, oh, you mean like oh, a funny. person? Like a like because she's not wearing a sari? Like it was weird. And then right. people posting on the, the Rishikesh group saying, you know, it was so disheartening to go to Rishikesh and see Indian women wearing shorts. It's like, do you like in the name of liberal, like like uh, per, some kind of supposed progressive idea of preservation of <laughs> your idea of cultures? You want India to look like the illustrations in the Bhagavad Gita, and you're condemning. <laughs> Indians for like yeah. what you know like getting a job in tech and you know shifting mm -hmm. to Delhi or I'm so confused you know it's it's yeah so so it, it's like that point where the where the right and the left sort of meet in this shit place mm -hmm. you know <laughs> right no for sure for <laughs> find sure. find an agreement in their smug uh you know thinking they're the center of the earth and that they have to either you know, uh, they're still on the white man's burden trip or they're right. so far on an upside down version of that, that they think that they mm -hmm. have to go out of their way to like remove the Western influence from everyone else or something. Mm, yeah, and it's like you right. can't, you're not going to be able to do that. Nobody wants you to help doing that. I mean, I don't know. Right. And uh, right. Yeah. It's a lot of projection of what they think Imagine. rather than what the reality is. Right? Yeah. Like, and honestly speaking, frankly, I think that people feel so much guilt because of the institution of slavery and, and the, the genocide of the Native Americans that, that sure. everything becomes this polarization of the powerful, evil, white cartoon character versus the, uh, the, the, the brown victim cartoon character. And anything that looks like that, they, they only see the melanin you know, shades, mm -hmm. and then we'll frame whatever is going on, whether it be a marriage or a conversation or an argument about whatever in, in terms of, uh, in terms of like the evil of colonialism and, and right. And it's right. like really annoying and it's really nice to get away from it. I think you've probably, mm -hmm. I assume have had a similar experience of getting away from it. It depends what state are you from? Yeah, I'm from California. So oh, here's yeah, the thing, like, thing. I, the only exposure I have to like everything we're talking about nowadays is really just through the internet. Just exactly. Like Facebook, right? But it used to be a I'm, I'm living Jones. in like a, you yeah. know, like I'm isolated from all these cultural wars oh, and this weird oh, stuff that's going it's on. It's so good to yeah, have I, some It's distance. like watching it from the outside, basically, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not even a part of it, but yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah it's a lot more comfortable, I would say, being on the outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you go to a party and people are getting right. high and playing drums, but then you find yourself immersed in a, in a, in a I don't know what to call it, like a super ego you know projection thing where the a group identity thing where like if if you're not completely nodding in agreement with whatever everybody's mm. talking about and you're kind of like hmm people are like oh you, i saw you did a hmm there you disagree with you know our hard left stance on everything you're right <laughs> Well, right. some right. things, little, you know, I think maybe communism has had its uh, turn at the wheel and failed. Maybe we should maybe develop something new, you know, like, uh, right, right, right. like <laughs> not go backwards. Yeah, a lot of like, tribalism, tribalism. Try things right. that have already failed. Like, again, why, you know? Right, so, right. Yeah. But uh, you, you, uh, I've checked <laughs> out, uh, we have a mutual friend that introduced us, you know. Fred yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I checked out your um, YouTube channel too. And, you oh, know, cool. as I mentioned, I love travel. I live in Asia. I love travel. 
And they're like, I've been to quite a few countries, but some of the countries I really want to go to that and haven't been mm. are the ones that you have been to and that are mm. on your YouTube channels. So I was mm. like really excited about oh, that. Oh, good. Right? Like, oh, good. So for example, how many, um, man, I know so many travelers. I don't know anyone other than you. Maybe maybe one other person who's been to Bhutan. That's mm. really fascinating to me because mm. you need, number one, like you need like a special tourism visa to get there, I think. And you need a just you need to pay money. like a fee it's, or something. It's basically all just money, right? It's yeah. it's money, but the thing is, they uh, since they cover, you stay in all the best hotels. There was one uh -huh. point where the only they were like, "We're really sorry, we can't give you the the hotel room that we normally give people, so we have to give you like the prime minister's room." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, well, that's fine, you know." And they yeah. had like there was the TV in the bathroom, a TV, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, it was it was nuts, uh, and uh, yeah. and then. I mean, ridiculous things. Like I was by myself, completely 100% mm -hmm. by myself. So imagine, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a little, a little weird. I'll just tell you like one little snapshot of the experience where my guide was a guy I met on Instagram who talked me into coming to Bhutan mm -hmm. in the first place because oh, he wow. saw my, I had a podcast called What Would Yeshi Do? And he liked, uh, liked yeah, that. Right. And he asked right. me, he said, it's a white guy talking about Yeshi Tsokyo, what's going on? You know, so we became mm -hmm. friends. And uh, so he was my guide and then there was a driver. So we would go mm -hmm. to these restaurants. There was one in re one restaurant in particular with a beautiful view. And then, but they weren't allowed to sit with me. They had to go eat in a separate mm -hmm. room, you know, because they okay. would like yeah, have the cheaper food apparently. And then, so okay. I sat down, you know, by myself with this big, beautiful table and they come and bring out these like elaborate metal, like gold and silver, like, like think platters of, pork yeah. and beef and chicken and fish yeah. and this and that and this bread and that bread and i'm like i am not 20 carnivores like what right. and i was i was feeling really bad and and then someone came up and said they feed it to the dogs whatever people don't eat and i said oh okay oh wow and uh so that's what it's like that's also what you're paying for so uh so it's a very luxury like they it's cover a very luxurious thing and you don't even spend a dime you don't even spend anything. yeah you and, show up then you have all the accommodation the yeah. food the uh they tour drive stuff. you where you're going they explain everything to you I mean, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, for them, I think when North Korea does it, it's because they're hiding something. But I, I, I like to right. give Bhutan the benefit of the doubt. And they, they just kind of want to keep the truth. They saw what tourism did to Nepal and India, and they kind of want to stay Bhutan, you know, so they, mm, okay. they have a very tight. Bali is talking about doing that now. Or they, they don't, they only want people who are staying in fancy hotels. They don't want the backpackers, you know, the, the kids so uh, so it'll be that might increase the amount of tourism coming here to goa but uh <laughs> i don't know yeah no, very, yeah I, I can see uh i mean it's considered what like the happiest country on earth they have like this happiness yeah, index and yeah. it's super pristine apparently and stuff i mean i can see if they, you look at like yeah. thailand or other parts the, of the world where yeah the king was it's just overrun by some you know, yeah their, I, their can G see, I can see that. their gdp was very poor it would put them in the same category mm -hmm. as like uh you know a, a lot of the, the poorest countries and so uh when the king came to i forget like a un something rather in the 1970s the father of the current king and he he had mm -hmm. this brilliant idea the gross national happiness index and he, he had this great speech talking about you know we're carbon negative like like they they uh the the 
they produce more or they they use up carbon they don't produce carbon i don't know how that can be but there's there's little loopholes like for example they don't kill at all at any time i mean plants are okay and probably insects but like uh mammals and you know there's no killing so no fishing no no uh yeah, and so where does all this meat come from? You know, of course. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah from India, they have trucks, truckloads um, of meat come in across the border every morning to fill up all wow. the restaurants in Bhutan. And uh, and the other thing, there's no smoking. So smoking, and but everybody still smokes. There's like a night, there's a night, you know, uh, crowd, and I because I mean. Because they knew me, I mean, I because Sharing knew me, he, I think that that wouldn't have no, normally been part of the tour, but like we went out at night okay. and he showed me like what the seedy parts, you know, uh, uh, the, the shady like bar, stuff. Right? Yeah, bars with, bars like with, like with people like women dancing, but they're fully clothed all the way down to their ankles, like like full full dress, but you can pay to dance with them on stage. It's like really bizarre, yeah. And uh, but they but they had they were named Yeshi and stuff like that. So it's like something <laughs> you're look, looking at a modern. You're looking into Vajrayana, but in modern, it, it's right. so Vajrayana there, hundred percent. But it's I think it's, I think uh, the state religion. It's the only country that has the state yeah. religion being Vajrayana tantric Buddhism. Yeah, they're and imperial. There's that, uh, yeah, there's that Padmasambhava temple. What is it like? The lion, that one on the hill. I think you had went there. Oh in yeah. So oh, that, that was so beautiful. Like mm. Yeah. They that have. I'm trying to remember the name of the drug. Oh shoot. There, the the state uh, religion is. Uh, um, a form of Sakya, I believe, but they okay. have like a Nyingma a presence, mm -hmm. strong Nyingma presence. So those are basically the two main forms there. But it's, I, I mm -hmm. always describe it as if like, if, as if uh, Hayao mm -hmm. Miyazaki imagined Tibet <laughs> in, uh, you know, like in his mind, like it would look like Bhutan, you know. It's, right, wasn't it? So it was part of the kingdom of Tibet originally, too. I think it was called like uh, like Eastern Tibet. It oh. was actually part of the original, as far as I know. There's a story. Was there was a guy, the the great unifier. So in a in a Bhutan temple, you have the uh, Padmasambhava, you have the the second Dharma king. You know, they honor the same the same characters as in a regular Tibetan temple, but then they have this guy with a gray beard, an older guy, and he's the great unifier. Okay. And I forget his name, but his story was that he was one of two people considered to be the current incarnation of Avalokiteshvara in Tibet at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think sometimes that's okay, but not in this case. And so he got kind of <laughs> run out of town and his dad was well known in Bhutan or his grandfather. So they knew his mm -hmm. name. And so they really liked him. And then, but then Tibet, was going to invade they were sending armies i mean the, back then it was probably different kingdoms there was like probably more sure. than just tibet and bhutan but like this king and that king yeah. and the, the regions and stuff but uh right. but he so so he taught everybody what he knew uh from tibet and he organized everybody into like the brown robes and the orange robes and the yellow robes mm -hmm. and uh and and put together their whole system. So they called him the great unifier. And then he helped them to fight, fight off the Tibetans so that they could say wow. this far and no further, this is Bhutan, you know? Wow, so, that's a trip. Wow. Yeah. And it was only like 400 years ago, I think it was pretty recent. I mean, wow. in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty recent. But... Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, that's, uh, it's definitely on the top 
like three or four places I want to visit. Yeah, and you, you also went to Nepal too. I mean, oh, that was fun. To... I lived there for like yeah, four yeah. months and worked. I taught yoga. Oh, you, you, you worked there too. It wasn't just yeah. a trip. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it was. Uh, I people might get tired of hearing the story, but I'm on your podcast mm -hmm. too, so I'll tell the story. <laughs> I'll tell the short uh -huh. version though. I, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I. Well, I, I left the, the Golden Dawn order that was a bit culty that I was in. I was in for 18 years. And so I left. And then over a period of time, I was like, ah, now with this freedom, you know, I, I think I'm going to quit my job, you know. And then I quit my job and I was like, ah, you know, they've got this taste of freedom. I think I'm going to get divorced, you know. And then I did, got divorced. And I think I'm going to sell my house. I think I'm going to buy a one way ticket and just fucking leave California and never come back. And I'm going to go sit on a mountaintop. And everybody was like, what's happening to you? Are you crazy? <laughs> And uh, so I'm worried about you. And so, so I first I went to Africa for 10 days mm -hmm. and uh, episode 98 and 97, uh, I believe of uh, Esoteric Nerd or all about mm -hmm. that. And uh, mm -hmm. so then, then I went to Nepal because the Buddha was born there. And so I thought it right. proper, I, I think it was a kind of out of- And they have of, that, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, they no, have no, that no. trick. I think it was in one of your episodes. I think mm -hmm. I was watching it. There's the, um, is it the Bodhi tree? Is that what they were showing? Like, uh, mm. we went to something. They said that's the tree that Buddha was under. Like, oh. it's supposed to be the Bodhi tree. But well, they, they have know, a big Bodhi tree. They have a big Bodhi tree in Lumbini. But the proper original Bodhi tree would have been in Bodh Gaya, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay because that's where he attained enlightenment uh but oh, okay. in, and then in sarnath he began teaching um okay. and then there's one other place where he passed away uh but then there okay. was the time where they were traveling all over india and fun stories about mm -hmm. how uh they would they would always move on after a week or two and i think that mm -hmm. that's like an old yoga thing too a, a proper yogi doesn't stay in one place longer than two weeks um, I mean, like a full-fledged yogi, you know, who right, 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 does the right. bamboo enema and the ganga every morning, you know. Until, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're not supposed yeah, to like, yeah, live yeah. with anybody. But then during monsoon season, the Buddha, you know, when he was alive, said, well, okay, we have to make an exception during monsoon season. And so there was all kinds of shenanigans mm. that came up with uh, the disciples having to stay with... Uh, you know, uh, with ladies and, you know, things that would come up and, and then that would establish laws and the original, mm -hmm. not Theravada, but the other, the one, Hinayana is not a nice uh, term, but uh, there's... The, they say Theravada. Theravada, Theravada is one of them. There's, yeah. I think there's two names for those original schools, but but those are in mm -hmm. Bodh Gaya, as far as I understand. And, uh, and wow. I mean, they originated in Bodh Gaya and then Mahayana... Yeah. Uh, also was established. There was a, a university established in Bodh Gaya, old stone place. I want to go. Uh, I've seen pictures of my wife there, but I haven't been yet. Her family's. From oh there. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just yeah, pull it up right now. Yeah. It's yeah, a trip to me that her that her her ancestors thousands of uh -huh. years ago. I mean, her ancestors literally when Buddha was there, like they were down mm -hmm. the street, you know, and they wow. were like she's she's Yadav. That's Krishna's caste. So back then they were Krishna's mm -hmm. cast. So I can just imagine mm -hmm. like she, it's a pretty safe bet to say that one of my wife's ancestors, mm -hmm. when they heard about this, this new guy, Buddha, who was mm -hmm. preaching down the street was like, Oh, I, I don't need that. You know, I'm a, I'm part <laughs> of Krishna's cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Contemporaries basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he was a little bit earlier. I think the Maha, well, 
thousands of years earlier. Uh, I think sure. 5,000 years, is that the Mahabharata? I don't know, anyway. Oh, Mahabharata, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, much older. Old, Definitely. yeah. Thousands at least, yeah. Thousands history has a different meaning here. I mean, in California, it's like, this is a hundred years old. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, wow, a exactly. hundred years. Right, right, right. Yeah, for them, a thousand years, in India, like a thousand years is relatively new, probably. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. He's a new guy from the 1200s, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious, like, because uh, you were in Nepal for a while. Um, yeah. Like comparing Nepal and uh, India, like, yeah. what are some major what are some major contrasts between those? Yeah. Two? Well, um, the the Nepal the 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 Indian government was mm -hmm. uh, was put together over a period of a hundred some odd years, but well, a hundred years by the British, and then right. the they they just sort of made it okay by British and they kind of kept going with that government and then started adding to it and taking things mm -hmm. away like just a couple years ago the British had said that it that it was illegal for to have gay sex uh, they took mm -hmm. that law away two years ago but it takes time and it takes votes and it takes <laughs> energy and money right. to like change the laws uh, but then sure. on the on the other hand the British also made it illegal for a woman to throw herself on the burning pyre uh, mm -hmm. which a lot of people when you talk one-on-one -on -one with people who are educated and are familiar with history and stuff they say you know honestly that's one thing I can say the British did that I'm thankful for yeah uh, nobody wants that you know I mean but that used to be right. like standard kind of accepted um, it was mm -hmm. either you shave your head and wear white and live where the widows live or you throw yourself on the burning pyre that was basically either one of those was okay mm -hmm. but certainly don't wear a sari and keep your hair long and remarry that was like forbidden right. so the british right. the the western corruptive influence you know started to make women think maybe that was fucked <laughs> and uh out of change you know and so yeah. so one-on-one -on -one, usually people they, they, there's not the same hatred of the british that you find in liberal white californians mm -hmm. <laughs> you know right, um, right, that, that, right. that they expect you know because they, they're trying to talk in a way that will make happy the angriest of the mm -hmm. of the of the disenfranchised in their community and it's and projecting mm -hmm. that on the whole rest of the world. And if they were thinking about aliens, they'd probably project that on that too. Have I been talking this whole time? Did I let you talk at all? Oh. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. Um, <laughs> for some reason, uh, for some reason, it's telling me to upgrade the pro. This is kind of weird because we only have two people, and it usually comes up with this when you have three. If it cuts off your recording, I'll send you mine because it seems to still be recording mine. Oh, okay, okay. If it cuts I don't off, know if I have yeah, yeah, pro. Yeah. We can always turn okay. it off and back. No, we on don't need. We don't need pro. Yeah, yeah. We might it might cut us off, then we have to restart. But that's a yeah. off two files basically. Or something. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. But mm. anyways, uh, yeah. No, I'm very interested to hear all of this because there, <laughs> there are places I want to go and the you know. Kind oh of yeah. Oh, so Nepal. Yeah. What I was going to say though, so that was my illustration of India's government. The Nepal mm -hmm. government was the king, who I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard this. There was a king whose son 
went crazy and murdered the entire royal family. So, so the history, the history is there were 27 some odd kingdoms, I think maybe 23 or 24. And, and then they, there was one king of a region in, uh, with a city, uh, Gorka, where the beer comes from. I mean, the name of the beer, Gorka, where the Gurkha come from, that they have the curved blades and the British were impressed by them. Anyway, uh, so that, that guy, that king took over Nepal I don't know how many hundreds of years ago, a few hundred years ago, and like united it all and made it Nepal. And then he moved into the capital, but then there was the British kind of occupying, mm -hmm. occupying. So the capital is a British style thing, mm -hmm. but then the British left and then the Royal family killed themselves. I mean, one of the kids, it's oh, tragic. Wow. I don't mean to make light of it. It was a, it was a wow. traumatic experience, I'm sure for a lot of people. And uh, mm -hmm. so they established a Republic, you know, they were like, mm -hmm. all right, let's not do that again, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. and then they were, and then, so the, the Chinese of course are right there. And so, mm -hmm. so China's like, Hey, can we, uh, you know, build here? We're going to just do some stuff. Hey, we're just going to use right. this. Hey, this village here, that's, I, we should have that. Right. And Nepal's like, okay, can we get something out of it? And they're like, yeah, this. <laughs> and so, but then somehow, somehow or other, uh, they, while I was there, <laughs> this was interesting for me because my grandfather was in China when uh, the communists hadn't taken over yet, but they were a force to be reckoned with. And they certainly didn't like him because he was a standard oil executive and everybody kind of knew his name. Oh, wow. Okay. So he had to wow. deal with them like in real ways. And so I'm walking wow. down the street. I wanted to learn uh, Hindi. And so I wanted to learn the Hindi alphabet. So I went to a bookstore uh, for tourists in the tourist part of Pokhara, you know, which is a lake in Nepal. And uh, they said, oh, you need to go down this street really far. And I was like, okay. And go to a, a local bookstore and not us. And so I walked and walked and walked. And there was a, a few hundred Nepali people chanting and cheering. And there was someone with a megaphone and they were all flying the sickle and hammer. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> I'll wow. turn left then <laughs> and uh, see if I can go around this. And then uh, so, but yeah, sure enough, a lot of people are really not just communist, but Maoist. It's a Maoist party. Huh. And so they voted for a Maoist prime minister in their republic. But every year on October 10th, they sacrifice a thousand goats for the military. So, wow. so basically, from 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 my starry eyed, you know, five years ago, I, I I mostly you know I had seen the Golden Child with Eddie Murphy, and I knew mm -hmm. Buddha was from Nepal, and I, I kind of had a very misty eyed. Uh, Nepal is a very ancient, mysterious land where you know spirits sure. are just you know there. I I didn't know what to think. It was just the the th that projection. Um, but then having been having having lived in Nepal and then come to India and. Uh, of course, in India, there's a there's a lot of diversity. So there's like a lot of people that are living the same way that their ancestors did three thousand sure. years ago, or or you know at least a, a long time ago. But plus cell phones, you know, and Facebook. So that's interesting. But uh, the more like urban, like the the people in Delhi, the people in the big cities that you know you could call them westernized. You know, if you go if you sure, use that sure. vernacular. But you know the people who have you know buildings like like everyone else and and. Uh, mm they they think of nepal as like the little brother of of india they're mm. like oh, oh they're right. cute you know it's sort of like retro you know it's like uh old school like old school yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. like like in india they do they do like a little dot and in nepal they'll take a handful of mud and 
plop it on their forehead and walk around all day with it as their blessing so it's like whoa you need all of that that whole thing you know Uh, i mean from an indian perspective and i I, I, right 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 i i personally i found that 90 percent of the people who i ended up like considering my friends that i met in nepal that were nepali really Mm -hmm. just kind of 100 percent after money my money and it got to be disheartening. So, so do you uh, feel like, in that regard, very touristy, trappy, kind of like parts of Southeast yeah. Asia? You, you get that they, kind of vibe? It was kind of my first, I, I had been to Japan, but it was my first foray into like deep Asia kind of, you know. Uh, but, right. you know, it, it was a little bit, I mean, in Tamil, that's where all the tourists go. So all the people who were mm-hmm. tourist predators, you know, who are like the, mm-hmm. the people who are going to have a scam, you know, they're all right there in Tamil. So you can't walk down right, the street right. without 20 people offering you hash and then someone trying to take you aside <laughs> to explain why they need you to, you know, like pay for their right. kids tuition and everything. And I mean, I, I had one where it was, there was a Tibetan monk. And he looked like just like every Tibetan monk that you see. And, and he, he, I was wearing a Tibetan shirt and he was so happy. He was smiling and he was like, let's talk, let's talk. And then he took me off the main road to like a private area. And I was like, what is going, okay. And he was like, oh, you know, and he was talking about, I, I, uh, and he, he was happy that I, you know, anything mm-hmm. that I said about, oh, my dad was Tibetan Buddhist. And, oh, that's so great. Oh, you're like a brother. You know, I hear, I'll give you, do you have a Tibetan name? I'll give you a Tibetan name. And then he, he started explaining my cataracts right here. And, and that's where it was like, okay, well, here's the whole reason for the, for the mm-hmm. very first smile and the very first hello. And it's a little disheartening after a while. It's like, I went there right. expecting to have some mystical experience on a mountain, but the first, my first, like, a jolt of like the first few weeks was just realizing at least how the not the rest of the world but uh, how a certain slice of the world views me you know as uh sure hey sure. let's hey this guy has money this is mr money bags here you see his shoes right you know, like, uh, let's get him for everything he's got you know and and right, uh, right, right. and I, I i experienced less of that in india i i came to india and i met uh, a man named yash of the Verma cast, goldsmiths. I'm interested in these arcane things, but they're they're sort of oh, arcane. Okay. It's uh, I mean, Harry Potter's ancestor probably made pots, so it's not so different. <laughs> not so they different. Got the exactly. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I've been talking. Well, anyway, he so yeah, he he found out I smoked weed and he invited me to come home with him. And his dad works in the navy, and you know, it mm. was just like I stayed with him, and he was just happy to hang out you know and, and smoke weed right. whatever you know and it was so so that was nice you know what what ended up happening in Nepal was I ended up befriending other tourists finally when I went there at first I was mm-hmm. ignoring the other tourists like I'm not one mm-hmm. of them you know but then mm-hmm. after a week it shook me out of that and then uh, you know right. I, I, there was a, a, a hostel I had never stayed at hostels I'd never thought to mm-hmm. stay at hostels I don't know why you know Mm-hmm. and uh then i went and stayed at one and i made 20 friends all simultaneously you know all just all at <laughs> once you know they're still my friends right. from all right. over the world 
that's what's so cool about hostels you just get yeah. in there and meet different kind of people and it's a good good um rather than staying alone like when i travel it depends on the country but sometimes i like to stay at a hostel for a few nights but sometimes you want your own place too like yeah it's kind of cool to you know or, or you can get the hostel ones that have like the private rooms and stuff that's nice as well you know? that's true you get a little so, bit of both um, so you can go into the main yeah you get yeah exactly hang out exactly. with people and then go, go be alone <laughs> yeah 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 well you mentioned that you're in the golden dawn for like 18 years or yeah something. yeah one of so them. what's interesting we both have this um very <laughs> uh, deep probably we both have this very deep interest in like hermeticism but then also eastern religions too, yeah right? like yeah we left off like uh, we both have uh, a lot of interests i mentioned like you oh, had right. mentioned that you're in the golden dawn for oh yeah 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 hermeticism. Like hermeticism and then also yeah. like yoga and vajrayana hinduism yeah things, things all kinds, right so uh kind of interesting so uh about your time you were you said you're in the golden dawn for 18 years that's a yeah. long time yeah this is and you said it's like a cult version like what's the story behind yeah, that yeah <laughs> well i mean it's uh it's sort of like i mean there's of course the layers of uh the definition of the word cult um, sure. <laughs> there's the right. classic old like old Roman like the cults of Isis a group of people with a shared belief practicing together that okay well that includes what every religion too um, and then there's the post uh, Charles Manson sort of connotation of mm -hmm. a cult uh, which is like okay well there's there's a scale there's like okay are they just kind of ripping you off and controlling you or sure. are, are they also making you drink poison, you know? And so it's like, then there's a scale <laughs> right, from level, one to 10. Levels to the cult game, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How insidious right. is it? How how right. uh, traumatic is it? How long is the process of uh, deprogramming afterward? You know, that kind of thing. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so I would say on that scale, I don't know enough about the Cicero order i think that because they don't meet very often and they don't have mandatory meetings that they're very close to zero on the cult scale but having a hierophant and a chief adept and a hierarchical structure and a spiritual communal secret organization you are on the cult scale you know like you, you that's sure, a sure. cult that's you know by by the broader definition that doesn't have the nasty sure. connotation then whether or not the nasty connotation is there kind of depends on the leadership although it can also depend on the rest of everybody but mostly on the leadership 99 percent on the leadership i'd say but uh but yeah my dad liked he and his mom used to go to builders of the Adagum, the paul foster case one mm, yeah uh, they yeah, yeah. they are near my old house in california California, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the one in Highland Park, the original one. And uh, so he colored in the tarot decks and he colored in the tree of life and he was familiar with that stuff and he read tarot. And then he, he delved into Vajrayana Buddhism shortly before I was born. Then he died mm -hmm. when I was about 15. So, okay. so I, my whole life, at least the first part of my life, maybe the first half, mm -hmm. not touch wood, as they say here, um, was all about one-upping my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so I think that I have less interest in hermeticism than most other people who are involved in hermeticism. Certainly anybody who reads books about hermeticism, because I've never read mm -hmm. one. I, uh, I mean, I, I uh, joined mm -hmm. when I was 16 and they, it was 1994. So they told us, don't look at the internet, 
Don't look at books, you know, just get it from us and you'll get the full genuine experience if you really want to be, you know, a true adept of the true one true and holy, you know, golden dawn. And, uh, and so, you know, there were idiots like me that uh, followed the orders, followed the instructions. And uh, then there were others that didn't and most of them left. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's, it sort of got stupider over time. I remember there was one point where there was a schism and I mean, I don't mean to insult all of those people, but I was kind of looking at the people who were left and it was either people who didn't speak English as their first language by a lot, mm-hmm. you know, people who kind of didn't get the, what, what, who was he, why was he yelling? Who was the, who were those people? What, what, what's everybody so upset about? And then mm-hmm. the cult leader came back and, uh, you know, uh, was telling everybody, oh, well, you know, they're gone now. So now we can get down to the work. But I didn't leave. I stayed behind and I stood up and I got in his face and I was like, you're the one who started the rumor that you put your cum in the goddamn stuff that you gave everybody to drink, oh, wow. you know? And like, if you if you don't want that rumor going around, why did you start the rumor, asshole? You know, and, he, and then he starts right. shaking and he's holding his, he's clutching his his rosary, you know, and he's sweating, you know, and wearing his, his white robe and he wasn't expecting like so much opposition especially from me because I was kind of his like buddy for a few years before that mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know then then it was interesting because he just started spouting old tapes like like old uh, like pre-recorded things about next year's power week is going to be even better than last year you know like every August we had power week was uh, <laughs> thing, you know and, and uh, everybody from all the members from around the world who could afford it would fly in and, and then get mm-hmm. thoroughly traumatized over the course no it was fun usually for most of the people but it was the kind of thing that the higher you up the higher up you were the more dark it got um i had one teacher who's now a bishop actually but uh in the episcopal church i mentioned i think uh Mm, he he was my teacher in the golden dawn and he told me that the that golden dawn temple was a lot like the opposite of nebuchadnezzar's vision (laughs) that has the feet feet are gold because the neophytes they're the ones that are glowing because in their minds they've just joined a magical order you know so they're they're the ones that are lit up and the ones that have been here for a few years and especially the ones toward the top they're just the they're the lead mixed with clay you know that that that's the head the head of the lead mixed with clay and the feet of gold so that that was a fun fun analogy but uh yeah it sounds like a trippy so how about currently you're not that interested as much in hermeticism maybe due to all the you know well well, you're immersed in it for quite a long time yeah that's the thing is it shaped my thinking quite a lot and i have the ability to kind of help people who uh you know, like are immersed in it. I always Mm -hmm. used to say that the golden dawn, and this might sound rude, but I used to say that the golden dawn was sort of the cure for Christianity. No, I'll qualify. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What I mean Mm -hmm. by that is if somebody was sort of traumatized by parents or grandparents that were immersed in a (laughs) bad form of usually Protestant Christianity, um, mm-hmm. Although, you know, I, I wasn't around a lot of Catholics growing up, and I know that they have their own issues, but it's usually pretty much just one issue that they've got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a few general abstract things like guilt and not reading the Bible, but the Protestants, mm-hmm. they, they get really kinky, you know, with their trauma. So, so uh, for those folks, um, the Golden Dawn can be a real godsend. Uh, but, mm-hmm. for, but for somebody who just sort of like grew up meditating and um <laughs> you know kind of like uh 
I don't know, observing the world and looking at flowers and stuff like that, the golden dawn might not be necessary or useful. I mean, you know, but, but it certainly can help with somebody who's dealing with a lot of bad, uh, you know, scripture-based, uh, uh, you know, um, twisted scripture-based. Twisted scripture, is that... That should be a band name. Um, twisted scripture. That sounds like a pretty good band name. Yeah, 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 yeah. twisted scripture. Oh, or a podcast. That sounds like a really good band name, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. But yeah, so so in that sense, I mean, I wasn't my now the that's the thing is my dad was half Buddhist, you know, and half Hermetist. And uh, mm-hmm. but my grandma was very fundamentalist christian you know mm. and so she had this whole like you've got to put jesus in your heart you know and my right. dad my dad was like the cool magician you know that oh, right. this and that so i found that happy medium in the golden dawn where you know they everybody when you get to a certain grade you get an identical cross tattoo on your heart you know put jesus in your oh, heart okay. and mm-hmm. uh, and uh and yet you know we were we were occultist magicians and even even black mm-hmm. magicians at times and by that i mean evil mm-hmm. i don't mean uh anything mm-hmm. else um they, they the brotherhood of the black sun kuho you have no relation to the black mm-hmm. sun in world war ii era germany they they're the group in south africa that i went and, and hung out with and uh one of their things is they, they call it the black sun specifically and people go whoa mm-hmm. is it evil and it's like well the fact that you ask that question is the reason why we're the church of the black sun <laughs> is no <laughs> you know like uh, beyond the light there is darkness and that darkness right. that prime primordial darkness from which the light came is where we mm-hmm. orient ourselves we're not obsessed with the light we're we're looking beyond the light into the iron to the, to the no thing. And then as a Kabbalist, I'm uh, like, that's great. I love that, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, cause he was coming from a Buddhist perspective. So, mm-hmm. so it was a, a, a South African man who went to Japan and stayed in uh, a Tenzin. Is that, is that right? Tenzin? No, that's the, that's the, the son of the avatar. <sighs> <laughs> and the driver our driver in uh in bhutan was tenzin so it's not tenzin it starts with a t but it's uh it was the guy who was initiated by kukai and then he went down and built that uh he started the regular more normal form of japanese buddhism that's only a little bit vajrayana and it starts yeah, with yeah, a yeah. T. Oh, I know. It's a uh, god. It's like uh, mostly ten, Mahayana. Isn't it called like Tenjin or Tenjin? Maybe or something, something close like that. to that. Somebody knows. If you know, yeah. please comment down below. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what right, was I right, saying right. about that? They're like so, esoteric Buddhism. A little bit, for, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was staying there, and every morning, you know, or every night, or whenever it was, once a week, they they would all chant uh-huh. the, the Hanya Shingyo together. And he was uh, Tendai, maybe is it called? Yeah, Tendai. Tendai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. so, so, uh, so after a few years of that, he came back and uh, he was a Scientologist and, uh, <laughs> and, but then he kind of fell out of grace with Scientology because he had this epiphany that he wanted to start a new religion that was African, traditional African at the core. And then, mm-hmm. uh, but included elements of Buddhism and Hermeticism and a Masonic structure and uh, then started he, he started delving into Norse religion. And so it was like a very unique thing. So the Church of Scientology told him to stop. And he said, no. And they said, stop, <laughs> stop or leave. And he said, bye. And then they wow. told his wife, uh, you have to divorce your husband or get him to stop, you know, or we'll mm-hmm. kick you out. 
And by wow. the way, congratulations, you're Africa's first OT5. Um, so wow. what do you say? Are you going to divorce him? So she divorced him. It sucked. You know? And uh, and then later she was like, I shouldn't have done that. But he was saying, well, you did it. So um, so anyway, that's that's uh, that's my buddy Kay down in South Africa, giving him a big plug right now. But um, mm-hmm. I forgot why. I, oh, yeah, because it's the because it's the black sun. So so from the from a oh. Buddhist from a Buddhist perspective, who's aware of the veils of negative existence, he chose the African word coup to represent the, the, the darkness of the nothingness beyond the light. Hmm. And I, I was like, cool, I like it. <laughs> you That's know? Trippy. That's trippy. So, yeah, so I went wow. down there and hung out with them for 10 days, which was nice because he had a nephew that at one time, he showed this nephew a picture hmm. of me wearing my, mm-hmm. my, my nemesis. And he said, mm-hmm. you, you see how these, the, these white people come and they, they make us into Christians and they make us into this <laughs> and that and tell us to reject our spiritual roots. And then what do they do? They embrace African religion. And so this, <laughs> this nephew was like, I hate him. You know, like, like looking at the picture of me, like, I want to kill that man. And so then, <laughs> then I flew, then I flew down there and, uh, and participated with great respect in their rituals and knelt right. before the Vudan God of the representing the ancestors. And they were all very oh, impressed yeah. because there was one ritual where you're supposed to name all of the ancestors, you know, the names of, they didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> John, son of Dan, son of John, son of, you know, like all the way back 12 generations and how, how, wow. how many names is that? So my turn took a long right. time because I had to name every ancestor's name I knew and how wow. they connected to me. And then that night, then I went to sleep and had like a, a vivid nightmare in which mm. I saw my grandmother um, in mm. my old house where my temple was. And she was walking, uh-huh. she was very concerned and walking counterclockwise. And I woke up and I was like, what have I done to my grandmother? Like I said, she was the one who said, put Jesus in your heart. And there I am in Africa participating in voodoo rituals. So voodoo something was going yeah, on yeah. in here, no doubt, you know. Right, right, right. Well, but yeah, at sure. the end, that kid, that same nephew, he, he, gave me a big hug and thanked me for coming down and showing him that that uh that this african religion is sacred yes and should be for everyone and not limited to africans and certainly not limited to europeans but the whole world can share in this and he sees that now and then he gave me a book uh that it was uh uh, Caesar and Cleopatra, <laughs> like, or Mark Anthony, I, I forget. And I, I was like, this is very, like, too thoughtful, you know, like, like, that's really right. interesting. And uh, um, so that was my time. That was my 10 days in Africa. That was a trip. That was, that was wow, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And so you, you kind of transition out of that now. Now you would you can do you consider yourself part of like any school of thought like Buddhism or like some oh, Hindu? A question. Or, or do you just see yourself more syncretic or more? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm very fond of Sri uh, Ramakrishna's uh, perspective of, uh, you know, like I have this shrine over here where, where it's got a uh, liturgical chalice next to, you know, Mary and Lakshmi and, you know, Sarasvati and, and, uh, and, oh. and, and the Buddha and, uh, and Taj Mahal. It froze up, it froze up. Oh, just basically, okay. uh, basically all... Mm-hmm you know, not, not, I wouldn't say all religions, but like the ones I connect with, uh, you know, which is basically aesthetically and creatively, I love Vajrayana Buddhism. 
But as far as my personal philosophy and path is much mm -hmm. closer to uh, a Theravada or Zen, which are two totally different things I know. But sure, Zen, sure. Zen I see as kind of like a movement back to the Theravada after the Vajrayana and the Mahayana. Um, mm -hmm. they, it was like a very hyper-organized Theravada type of thinking. Yeah. But from the perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of gleaming the, the uh, lessons from, from history, it was a what, mm -hmm. 1800 years after Theravada. So um, right, it, that right. it really got going. I mean, in China, Chan was, was around a few hundred years before that. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I'm very partial to uh, Dogen, uh, the one who brought Zen into Japan. I like the Shobogenzo. I read it over and over. I mean, I guess oh, wow. if you go by what I read, um, my dad was the first, that's the thing is he, he wrote a scripture called oh. transformations. He wrote his own wow. scripture. It's like, it's a, it's his own chapter in the Bible. It's even got chapters and verses. And, wow. uh, and so when he died and I felt like I had lost my teacher, I had this, I will first, I joined the golden dawn. And then after a year in the golden dawn, I found out my dad had written a book and this, wow. I, this was a lot like a someone throwing a lifesaver, you know, and because mm -hmm. uh, it, it helped, helped me stay afloat kind of uh, while I, I would, it, it made me look at the group think that word egregore in Golden Dawn is group think. That's how they defined right. it in 1880, whatever. And, uh, and, but then I was like, well, I have my perspective though, which is largely based on my dad's and it's kind of over here mm -hmm. and separate and it's a little bit Buddhist and kind of a, a little mm -hmm. bit Hindu. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so I was, that but they, I think the group appreciated me as as bringing an ornament, bringing a uh, bringing a little bit of spice and an unusual flavor to the Golden Dawn group. Think in that I always had that Eastern perspective, and then we all would always recite Romans twelve, where not all members of the body have the same function. So you know, BT's right. function is that's me. You know, Edward's function is to be be a little bit humorous and and do things on the internet and be buddhist i guess you know so that was sort right. of my, my pigeon hole after a while um i i ended up doing a lot of charity partly because i mean you know it was from the heart actually there's kind of an interesting history there and i've never really explained it it's sort of one of those things that was like secret third order stuff you know so even <laughs> yeah even, right even all these years later it's like hard for me to really like well how much of this should i talk about how much is it is appropriate <laughs> to talk about basically um, okay, I'll do the short version. And I'm sorry, again, that I'm talking so much. I, I feel no, like, uh, but, but okay, so 9-11 hit. And I had been in the second order by then by for about nine months. And I was still very starry eyed and young and thought, you know, oh, I'm part of the incarnation of Jesus and in, in the world today. Um, and then so 9-11 happened. And then the the leader uh, you know, I'm calling him Bob Copperfield on in my book I'm writing, so I'll just call him that here. We I called him Voldemort, but a few people rightfully complained that that gives him too much credit. Um, so Bob Copperfield is much better because his name was Bob and he was a stage magician, among other things. It wasn't okay. David Copperfield, more of a ah, where's my finger? Anyway, right. Uh, so he called everybody and said, okay, speakerphone, mandatory speakerphone call, or not speaker, mandatory conference call. So we all called in and he was very seriously talking about how the third order is very upset with us because it's our fault that this happened. 
and what and he's like it's my fault it's your fault it's this order's fault if we wow. if we had done what we were supposed to do three years ago this wouldn't have happened and uh, wow. and so so but we can we can do something now to to make up for that and to try to mm -hmm. you know come back into good graces with the lord or whatever you know it was such yeah. a mind fuck you know i mean even though half of half you know any any rational part of the brain is like well this is stupid and then the other part of the brain right. is but it's also the cult that we you know joined and they tied us to a cross <laughs> and cut us so and, it's like you're invested in this thing already yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like i have to go along with this or say goodbye to all my friends you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. or just and not not to mention like lose any like according to the world thinks that I am a, a guy who didn't go to college and is unemployed and, uh, you know, just sort of lives off of his sister and, you know, but, but, but I know in reality that I am the, the, the hierophant uh, for the, for this, for this vernal term of the, you know, whatever dumb shit, you know what I mean? It's like all this, everybody in the D and D club, you know, like taking it way too seriously, you know, like, uh, forgetting, right, right. forgetting the, who they really are and thinking they're this little plastic character. And so, right, 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 right. so yeah, so kind of in the, in the spirit of going along with that, we all very seriously started going to all these mandatory meetings and driving across the country and flying across the ocean and meeting to, uh, to bless these little talismans. And then the, the idea was that the third order had gave us strict instructions, you know, to uh, to go bury these talismans in Jerusalem, and then that would solve world peace. And oh, so, so you know, everybody got their wallets out, you know, and like, okay, we got to pay for how many people to go to Jerusalem and do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, long story short, we did it. And it's like I feel so weird talking about it because, like, in the midst of how weird and creepy it all is, there was like mm -hmm. twenty of us like dancing and singing and like having these like sort of orgy, like emotional orgiastic kind of uh, experiences all around this idea that we were chosen by God to save the world and end war forever. Mm -hmm. And so it's right. like, okay, well, it's, it's like reminiscent of like the 1800s, you know, uh, the apocalypse uh, cults, except that um, we were golden dawn. And so it was really a new kind of phenomenon. Right, right, right. So world peace didn't end. I mean, world, you know, world, <laughs> world peace didn't happen. So we asked the third order, well, why didn't world peace happen? And they said, because of class division. What we need to do is we need to go to India. And uh, because Mother Teresa started in Calcutta, so we'll bury talismans in Calcutta, and then that will solve world hunger. And then that will end the class animosity that results in war, and then world peace. And so... Okay. So, you know, it's like, all right, I like India, you know, and, um, <laughs> and so, so yeah, we were focused on that and we had 72 little pieces of metal people flying across the country and driving up and, uh, and all meeting to bless the 72 uh, pieces of metal and then three people came to Calcutta and buried them. And then, then we started seeing articles in the news and about, about that India was 
like getting into this tech boom, you know, that that suddenly people were going to school and learning tech and then flying and getting jobs in US and Canada and UK. And then and then they started manning all the telephones for everybody. Now it's of course been a, a cliche for a long time, but this was like 2004, 2005. And uh and the middle class was rising and all this. And so we were taking we were fully taking credit for all of this. Like see yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. that's what we did and we, but we had added ganesh as a as a deity in our in our golden dawn pantheon so it was isis osiris set horus you know and all these and then ganesh also and oh, jesus because yeah. it was all very catholic so what <laughs> and so i became a catholic and and uh you know started going wow. singing in a choir and then uh but defending the leftist catholics who liked the they, there was a someone did a ganesh invocation in a catholic church and so the conservative Catholics in the choir were talking, preaching to the choir, literally about uh, yeah, right. about how that that was a bad Evil. thing. So I took. Yeah. Then there was a moment of silence, and I'm like, "This is God telling me that I, now I need to speak up for the people who mm -hmm. in, who made the decision to allow Ganesh to be invoked in the Catholic Church." And then the guy, the the other guy at the end of it, he leaned over to me and he's like, "I also like Ganesh too," like, but he didn't want anybody ah. to know. <laughs> he didn't want anybody That's to know, funny. you know. And uh, right, right. So it was, funny, it was involved. It was complex and layers, layers to it. But a lot of that led to my being here. But part of that was uh, in order to maintain after the after the talismans were buried in India, in order to right. in order for them to continue to grow. One of us had to work with the Mother Teresa nuns once a month and go feed homeless people in uh, Skid Row, Los Angeles. So that oh, became wow. my job. And that was my job for 10 years. And um, a lot of a lot of that was it took the pressure off me because when the when the head of the order Bob Copperfield was taking inventory, go who's pulling his weight around here? Who's not? Who's freeloading? Who's who needs a job? Who needs me to tell them to go? You know, I don't know, threaten some ex adept or something. Um, I was right. always like, hey, well, you know, I've got I've got charity, so uh, you know, I can't do it. Right. So, so it was sort of my right. my excuse to be but it was so dumb i mean i don't know because it was also just you know how every corrupt organization wants to have some kind of charity thing going on on the side so that oh, they sure, can say sure. oh look you know so i was that i was very much that uh you know like uh, welcome uh, to the order for those of you who think that there shouldn't be people starving on the streets talk to bt about going to feed them with the mother <laughs> Teresa nuts like this straight up stupid propaganda but it was my life i was walking the propaganda so you know but it was an interesting experience and i did meet a lot of interesting characters who were homeless in skid row and and the nuns were interesting and individuals that that, that i got to meet and get to know and learn from you know uh so Overall, it's like, okay, yeah, the structure of my experience was within a control system. But I mean, you know, on the other hand, what isn't? <laughs> you know, I mean, Zoom and Facebook are a type of, it's just a different type. But uh, it's, I think, preferable to some some uh, used Carl Sussman with a, with a messianic sure, complex sure, sure. or something. You know? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, like, uh, if you consider like you're talking about your catholic experience like mm. from my experience growing up in, in america mm. it's like all the religions are so pitted against each other like mm. even, even within christianity you have all yeah. the different sects and catholics versus the protestants and all this shit right yeah, yeah. but it's like from what i've seen I, i've never been to india i've never lived there but from just like my studies and encountering it seems india is so much more inclusive where yes. it's like 
yeah. you know, for example, like you were talking about like Ramakrishna, it's sort of like the Vedanta, like all religions can fit in easily into their sort of yeah. map or schema or their exactly. uh, par paradigm and stuff like that. And even in India, like, you know, you have different people worshiping different, you have Shiv Shiv Shivites or whatever, and, yeah. you know, different devotees to different gods, but they don't see it as like, as far as I know, they don't see it as like this huge like war against each other or anything. Like Most that. of them don't, uh, though there is yeah, a sure little bit of a, there, there is a little bit of a, I mean, uh, the, 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 I have to keep in mind that the government might be watching this. Um, mm -hmm. They, there, there, there are, there are nationalists who, uh, who like basically feel that uh, India should be for everyone except for, you know, um, terrorists. And 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 sure, one thing, sure, one sure. thing the well, terrorists there, all Muslim have in common is their religion. Sure. So then right. there's a little bit of a, you know, people mm -hmm. looking at the people of that religion. But in the same breath, you'll see a woman in a full sari. You know, even with the face covered, uh, walking mm -hmm. with a woman in a full burqa, laughing, talking, right. you know, talking about gossip in the village, in any village in mm -hmm. India. So, so it's true that it, it is inclusive, especially much more so than in the U.S., where, yeah, like you said, um, you know, it's like always kind of a big deal if a Jewish person has a conversation with a Muslim or, or if, mm -hmm. a, if a Christian has a conversation with an atheist, it's like news at 11, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but right. yeah, here, here it's the, the, the diversity is just part of the tapestry and, and it, mm -hmm. it, it simultaneously people can take their religion very seriously, but not, not in a way that makes them pitted against someone who has a different religion. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, and it's very common for Hindus and Muslims to to be married, and uh, mm. it's usually a bit controversial. You know that people in both both families, you know, there's the conservative older folks mm -hmm. that get rubbed the wrong way by right. that. But there's a famous uh, mogul Mughal uh, emperor Akbar, who, mm. who one of the things he was famous for was for not only marrying a Hindu like princess, but mm. um, but building a Hindu temple inside of his islamic uh capital building for her wow. you know to to worship krishna in because that was her religion and so people right. love love akbar uh, you know uh partly because he also got rid of the pilgrimage tax because the the uh -huh. muggle, muggles used to tell the hindus oh you want to do your, <clears throat> you 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 yearly pilgrimage you have to pay this tax and he got rid of that because he found out everybody hated it and they hated them because right. of it. so so they, he was the nice emperor the nice muggle but he was the exception wow. so so there's this weird like i mean i noticed just from facebook there's like people who tie in this strong resentment against the occupation by anybody the whoever mm -hmm. it's it's sort of a little bit of like what china has made as their core core principles of their established mm -hmm. government is never again, you know? Um, right. So there's people who have that feeling of, we don't want any muggles. We don't want any British. We don't want anyone uh, except for us. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and there's like such beautiful things in India that, and, and the, the tradition is so, and the Hindu culture specifically is so ancient and, and rooted that it's at, and on top of mm -hmm. that, they're, 1920s style nationalism god i'm gonna get myself in trouble aren't i um it, it uh -huh. got it, it was not allowed to fully express itself until after the british left 
And then they went through through a socialist period where there was an Italian woman in charge. And I mean, that's the, they're the, they're the ones that politically I agree with more. But I can understand the 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 sort of gut uh, emotional, um, you know, uh, the frustration, you know, with the people who like wanted to, wanted the wanted the 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 flag to be an expression of their pride in their own family, their ancestors, and by the way, screw the Muggles and screw the British. And <laughs> we don't need any tourists. We don't need any Muslims. Get them all out of here. Um, and you know, just kind of like the, the the big issue that came up a few years ago was was there was a law that was written so that okay, if you're illegal, we're kicking you out. But if you're illegal, if you're here illegally, uh, and and you're Hindu or Buddhist or Christian or Jainist or you know, like the list went on and on and on and on and didn't include Muslim, um, th right. then then you can stay. <laughs> so they wanted <laughs> to get, get rid of all the illegal well. aliens, except for the ones who were anything but Muslim. And then people were like, so right. you want to get rid of all the Muslims? No, we're not saying that, you know, right. <laughs> but you are though, you know, so there was some right. controversy about that, which uh, mm -hmm. I, and by the way, I, 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 I certainly love the Indian government. I think that they're perfect mm -hmm. and I have no complaints whatsoever. And I'm so <laughs> grateful to be allowed to live here with my beautiful wife and please don't deport right. me. Please don't deport me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you currently live in India. Yeah. You live in India. You're married to a yeah. um, Indian woman. And did yeah. you say that you taught yoga or something? Is that, I think I you had did. mentioned that. I haven't you did taught in you India. Do I, oh, I, okay, okay. Yeah. I, and if I had, I wouldn't admit it publicly you know uh because of the right, visa, right, right. well uh, do people like uh so like the average western yeah, we say teach. yoga they, they're thinking about stretching like hava yoga like that kind of stretching when well, i think about yoga i'm always yeah. thinking about like the philosophy and the you know there's I mean? a like, weird the flip-flop that i've noticed happened where where in right. california nine uh, yeah. well i mean maybe it was just my neighborhood i was hanging out with but if i talked to like a yoga student or a yoga teacher in california and i'd say tell me about yoga right. i'd say well yoga has many layers asana mm -hmm. is the third limb of eight limbs and you know and, right. and patanjali and this and that and they <laughs> can explain it. then yeah. i came to delhi and i you know uh -huh. overhear conversations with girls would be like i need to do yoga my butt is too you know like like i i need to do you know, mm -hmm. I want my butt to be shaped better. So I'm going to do yoga, like, like, um, right. and, and like an Indian person saying that. So it was like, it was like, it got corrupted. And then the corrupt version backflowed. Well, then <laughs> it tried to correct itself. And so then I'm over here, like, right, what is going on? But but mm -hmm. no, that's just one silly example. They there are very serious schools and very serious yoga practitioners here, who, of course, are aware that it's much more than stretching. But I think in the rest, right. The, the West gets too much of a bad rep, partly because of the Instagram phenomenon, which is in mm -hmm. part the fault of all these brands that encourage right. uh, influencers to, you know, sure, sure. To, to have a million followers that are constantly engaged by scantily clad uh, yoga poses in order to sell Lululemon. And, um, right. and, and that's all very fucked up. And that, yeah, that should be, something should be done about that. But even the women, the models yeah. in, in, in those pictures, mm -hmm. when you talk to them, they've, they're reading Patanjali, you know, and they're, they're usually yeah, right. taking the principles. I mean, it has some good influence, perhaps. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, that's why so many of them are vegan, because they read the, about Ahimsa. And, mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I mean, partly. I mean, maybe some of them were vegan already or for other reasons. But I, the, for me, I, I, I was vegan for three years uh, when I first became a yoga teacher. And it was, I, I don't know. I think a lot of what I did, a lot of my motivations for doing a lot of things were out of a sense of insecurity. Because my, my dad taught me a kind of yoga with breathing mm -hmm. and chanting when I was like five. And then, and then I said that my dad taught me yoga, but I didn't know about stretching yoga. I didn't know it existed. I was 12 oh, years old, okay. 13 years old. And my friend Matt right. was like, oh, my dad also does, my dad and I do yoga. And I was kind of like, what? You don't even know what you're talking about, man. You know, <laughs> and, then, and then my dad shows up and he's 300 pounds, you know? And so right. of course, Matt laughed until he cried because I, I had told him that my dad taught me yoga. It, well, this guy, you know, like he does yeah. yoga. Yeah, fucking right. And so I think like <laughs> that, that like 12, 12 year old, like little thing, like planted a seed that inevitably resulted in my becoming a yoga teacher and moving to India, just to like try to prove that I know what yoga is, you know, or something. <laughs> I mean, like on some really primal insecure child level, you know, and uh, well, so, si similar with Golden Dawn and with, uh, with, with delving into Buddhism and going to Nepal and going to the site where Buddha was born, you know, and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. Uh, there was one point where someone, uh, I started explaining what I knew about Vajrayana Buddhism. And then mm -hmm. she put on her resume that her Vajrayana Buddha teacher was Edward Reed. And so then, oh. and that kind of like lit a fire in me that resulted in me buying a one-way ticket to Nepal because I was like, I can't like, be, I know my shit. <laughs> I can't be anybody's Vajrayana Buddhism teacher. I'm like barely even a student. I've never learned from a human. You're like I, I gotta go get my lung and my empowerments. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in a cave for a month and oh my God. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty but, funny. But I think I I I think I'm I'm I don't know. I guess I think all this stuff I'm doing, I'm publishing books and making podcasts. I think you know, I, 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 just to get meta a little bit, I guess I'm still a little bit wrapped up in that. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I, I it's not like I have some like message that I want to get out there, but I just have a need for my voice to be talking out there, but I don't know. Right. right. I, it, it, there was a point where esoteric nerd had a, an altruistic motive. Uh, but then yeah. now I think it's just an excuse to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. If, if that's you can't really say if that's all it is but yeah you know the fact that you're having interesting conversations that's value in itself that's you know? true yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's good to connect with like-minded people or people that are interested in you know traveling and weird shit like the stuff we're into so. yeah, yeah yeah but i i want to talk much less um <laughs> how how did you get started i mean i just tell me about what happened how you so you what part of california are you from Okay, I grew up, well, I grew up partially in Hawaii, too, okay. so I grew up like half, yeah, half my life in Hawaii, and mm. then half in Northern California, and also Sacramento, like Bay Area, and also Sacramento. Okay. And so, okay. yeah, yeah, and so, like, kind of, like, my dad's side, very Christian, very, uh, what would you say, like, um, yeah, like, conservative Christian, so I grew up with that side when I, mm. you know, my parents were divorced, so. Right. With, with, with my dad, I had the whole Catholic Christian on his side of his family. He was the one in Hawaii? My mom was, uh, oh, my dad was in California. Uh, okay. My mom, we moved to Hawaii for like, I don't know, probably like 12 years or something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, and then growing up there, my mom was more into Buddhism. She used to go to this oh. Japanese um, Buddhist church where they'd have, you know, like almost like services, but 
you know, everything's more focused. It's obviously different, right? Because you're yeah. studying like the, uh, you're studying like the Dhammapada and like breathing and like meditation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, I got kind of an early exposure to like both of these things, right? And yeah. then being in Hawaii too, you had like Ram Dass's group and oh, like yeah. all these different sort of um, mm. very eclectic like Eastern religions and things along these lines, right? And yeah, so, not to and mention I, Pele and, and uh, the, the right. original stuff there, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Yeah, kahunas and stuff like that. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how, you know, my background initially. And then on top of that, my great grandfather who would visit all the time, he was a, like a head honcho Mason in California, like the general gen, uh, grand general secretary of like oh, okay. the Shriners and the, you know, all the, like the Scottish Shrite and all these groups. Right. And so yeah. uh, and just growing up, like, uh, you, you know, just going to his house, I would see all these cool esoteric symbols and stuff mm. like that. Right. Like I remember one time he gave me this, uh, it was on my birthday or something. He gave me this thing and it had like, you know, it had like the uh, the pyramid with the eye and then all these like cool symbols. I was like, man, what oh, the hell cool. is this? Right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of influenced me as a kid. I was like, what are all these symbols and what's all this, you know, I've got weird a, shit my, my dad's had. Mason thing huh? uh, hanging hanging up here. My dad, uh, he joined, you know, as an adult, uh, it, mm -hmm. but then he was disillusioned because it wasn't the magical place that he imagined it would be. <laughs> the masonry, I mean. <laughs> Right, right. But he right. had the and Masonic anything, belt buckle and everything. Right, right, right. If anything, it's a, it's kind of a cool, it's like a social network or something yeah, like that. Yeah. With yeah, an interesting yeah. I mean, at least nowadays, you know. symbols are cool. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I got into that and then um yeah, just growing up doing a lot of acid and stuff like that, meditating mm, a lot yeah, and yeah. sort of exploring, you know. So I've always been more inclined, I guess, mm. towards Eastern religions until um, then my grandfather passed away and I kind of wanted to, you know, explore masonry and right. sort of, then from there you kind of start like digging then it's like Rosicrucianism and, yeah. um, and looking into all that kind of stuff. And mm. so, yeah, I guess, I guess my interests are pretty vast. I, I mean, I consider, I don't know, I don't really consider myself part of anything. I do practice like Vajrayana mm. uh, Buddhism as well, but mm. also I'm still very interested in like Western esoteric stuff, especially yeah. a few, a few different things, especially more, um, I'm more interested, not really in as much as in like the Golden Dawn and that kind of stuff, but very much in like the works of John Dee and mm. sort of that uh, Elizabethan yeah. like, magic time, you know, because in my experience, it's like that, whatever they were doing, it's quite fascinating just reading the accounts and reading the diaries of people like John Dee and stuff That's like that. That's true. But, yeah. But actually, like some of the stuff that they're doing, it like you'll. Mm. You can perform it actually shit starts changing right it's like it's yeah how interesting yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. that the victorian era of course yeah i mean they, they were all anglicans but elizabeth right. was the daughter of henry so i mean you know what is anglican back then you know i mean it was right a, it right, was a right. brand new thing she had a wizard you know i mean <laughs> right exactly like an so, advice yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah there's there certain you know uh, figures i guess you would say in the um western esoteric tradition that are fascinating yeah to me. so yeah um yeah so I, I guess you know you could say i have like my feet in both worlds but definitely more immersed in non-dual sort of worldview because yeah. you get into you know like hermeticism there's a lot of emanationist theory and you can play with numbers and Kabbalah and it's become sort of like a mental, I feel like to a lot of degree, a lot of it can become mental masturbation. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, that's why I, I would say, you know, maybe Buddhist with 
hermetic overtones or something. I yeah, I think that yeah. I think when I think about like, uh, for example, Renaissance Italy was going on in Rome, which had the shadows of the Catholic Church and the Roman Empire and all this other stuff. The Golden Dawn was going on in London with the smell of the Thames outside and right. the horse stomping and all the shouting and extra, extra, read all about it. So what are you going to do? You're mm -hmm. going to go into a room and seal the doors, light a lot of mm -hmm. incense and have everybody go, oh, until you can right. experience something similar to a moment of silence. And so, mm -hmm. so I think that a lot of that is like, I mean, and I kind of used to teach this way is like, if we don't fill our heads with the with these graphs and these mm -hmm. names and these angels and mm -hmm. these spirits what does our head get filled with tv mm -hmm. and billboards and random people right. we meet on the street and the co-workers and the happy hour fridays and so it's like <laughs> happy it's hour like, friday yeah, yeah it's like it's sort of like um fighting fire with fire like fighting, mm -hmm. uh, fighting, fighting Bernaysian propaganda with uh, Bernaysian mm -hmm. propaganda, <laughs> or, or with Freud anyway. With uh, fighting, fighting uh, symbols mm -hmm. and fighting, fighting with symbols. Uh, where, where mm -hmm. if you if you take a an ascetic path, uh, mm -hmm. then you don't need any of that. I mean, then the yogic path right. is much more appropriate because what do you have left when it's just you? Well, you have your breathing. Right. You have what position are you sitting in? What you know, then then you get into the right. nitty gritty of it, but but yeah, Golden right. Dawn and that style I think is more custom made for the the city dwelling European or or mm -hmm. or maybe the Westernized. You know, because uh, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of interest. I mean, I don't know if it's just a fashion thing, but I noticed mm. I noticed the uh, the sigillium as a shirt in Tokyo uh, when I was there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, things like the Last Supper, and I mean, of course, Christianity went around and made itself known, you know. So it's not like mm. it's new to anybody, uh, especially in right. Korea or you know. But but it seems like there's a bit. What's of interesting a... about Japan, though, it's like because Christianity spread around the world. I don't know if you know this, but like but when not Christianity Japan. first, yeah, oh, not did you Japan. See the movie? They... Silence or the silence? Oh no no no! Maybe oh, it's so not. good. No. Oh, it's so. It's good. called Silence. I think it's called Silent. Uh, it's okay. it's it's Scorsese's most recent uh, mm -hmm. movie, and it's sort of a, side, okay. a slow burner. I mean, it's not like a big hit, but it's like this is an excellent movie, you know. Um, it's about it out, huh? it's about the Portuguese, the the original Portuguese oh. priests showing up in Japan. <laughs> and how Interesting, that I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It's wow, wow, wow. I'm gonna have to oh. check this out. But yeah, they they fucked them up. You know, they're like, yeah, We're not, uh, big time. yeah you're not allowed. <laughs> Yeah, this we're not going to spread this shit here. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, that was the same. The same day they arrived in Japan, they arrived here where I'm sitting, and they never left. So they they just right sort of took over and uh, made this their main yeah. port. And then then they took over pieces of Africa, so they would have convenient places to stop on their way to Goa, you know. And that mm -hmm. was the beginning mm -hmm. of the colonization of Africa. I mean, it's sort of, maybe that's oversimplified, but you know, sure. it seems like that. Sure, sure, sure. Then, you know, for me, as far as, uh, as far as it goes, then coming to Korea and Korea, basically most of the Buddhism here is Zen, what would be called Zen, you know, mm. because what is Zen? It's really Chan from China, right, with Sun in Korea, and actually Buddhism came to Japan through Korea as well. Mm, so mm. Yeah, uh, through China, obviously, originally, through India, right, as well. So yeah, um, yeah. So you, you're picking up stuff. Bodhidharma, yeah. Yeah, Bodhidharma, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it is, it's cool. I've, um, 
I, I got, to, you know, I get to do temple stays here and um, I've got to interview some of like the Zen monks and stuff like that. Oh, that's and, great. Oh, good. And, and there are like, what's cool about living here in like East Asia, there's beautiful temples in the mountains. You can, mm. you know, I can take a bus two hours, three hours away and be like what you would consider like a movie, right? It's like mm. unbelievable. You're like on a mountaintop, kind of like, kind of like some of the footage I've seen in Bhutan as well. You know, you're on a mountain and yeah. it's totally remote. You're eating, you know, fresh vegetables and mm. doing Vipassana and then we were chanting the heart candy. sutra at night. What's up? <laughs> People What's that? Go, go to the temples and they leave candy. So I, I went yeah. up to this mountaintop and it was just right. cold and they let me meditate, you know, alone in the temple right. for like half an hour. Then afterward, we were like right. shivering and the monk that was the, overseeing the place at the time and, my, mm -hmm. and and the two guys that were with me and I just started pigging out on candy. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, take all oh, that's pretty funny. That's yeah, pretty it was funny. Fun. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, it's, it's cool. To, and, you know, in Korea, what's interesting too, it's like growing up, in America where it's like all these religions seem to be, it was always like, this is the right one. This is the right, right Christian. Yeah. This is the right uh, yeah. sect of Christianity yeah. in Korea. What's interesting, which I guess is probably like India to an extent besides, you know, what you're talking about earlier uh, here, the religions all live. It's mostly Christians and Buddhists basically, mm. but they, they're very, um, uh, there's not much of like a animosity or anything like you see in America. They live side by side. Like they have Christmas here, but they also do Buddhist birthday. Yeah. Right? They're both yeah. national. They're both national holidays and mm. they're both respected. It's not like, fuck you, you know, like yeah. <laughs> 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 not that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I mean, Korea is a pretty interesting place to live a lot different than India because it's right. so modern fastest internet in the world you have to tech giants like samsung and but is it i think um, every kim is yeah. descended from an indian uh, princess there's yeah 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 there's yeah. an interesting story <laughs> behind that yeah yeah, yeah. That. one of the uh, older kings what was it took on a indian princess or something was yeah. that the story yeah yeah you know about that that's it most people don't know that that's that's a pretty uh, <laughs> yeah. obscure fact right and I, I heard that uh, the, the Korean delegation, when they go to India, they always pay homage at this like site mm. in India. Very interesting. Almost Koreans barely even know about that. Mm. That's interesting that you know about that. I think it's I, the, the king's name was Kim. I think uh, all the Kims know it's because it it's, right. like, you know, something in there. I, I, maybe There's I also, you know, it's weird too. A lot of uh, the Hindi words in Korea has a lot of similar. You can go on YouTube. This is weird. It's kind of freaky. Go mm. on YouTube and put like Hindi think it's hindi and uh and korean and then there's like a bunch of words that are the same it's a trip like huh. well yeah, they invented there was so, korean was put together yeah. by was it one guy or like uh, a, a, um, a group of people maybe he would borrow. i mean i'm sure it's had a lot of influence and stuff like yeah. that from different, you know through india through china through mongol uh mongolian and things like this right in but, uh, uh, as far as the, the alphabet though, the alphabet mm. was put together by the king actually that right was king so yeah the, the there was a, a guy named bodhi senna who came from south uh india who uh, he ended up he was in china and then he ended up in japan and he had a big influence there especially on their uh alphabet the one with the fewer characters the one that doesn't look just like chinese like hiragana hiragana yeah uh, but one of those yeah. was based on sanskrit apparently and uh oh, and so yeah and i've noticed like uh ik do teen char ichi ni san chi it's just right. like a little bit of and i mean getting back into you know the indo proto indo-european it's just fascinating like there's a word here we that's with that's the yeah. same as with and and uh, Raja royal, 
and yoga oh, right. union and it's right. just so so many words that are so similar to to like uh, mm. the older english words and some german words and latin words even and even right. i think their word for hundred is but then i mean there there was also i think people imagine like one thing i always point out is that the 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 the, the muslim based you know majority countries back then mm -hmm. The, mm -hmm. uh, that was before Muhammad, so that wasn't right. a thing, you know. Like so, mm -hmm. so if there was a rough tribe or something, you know, in an area, you might have to deal with along the Silk Road. But other than that, mm -hmm. people just sort of uh, traded and talked, and you know, right. gave each other stuff. And so, so you had, I mean, like obviously there was like a, when you go far enough back, there was the Persian Persian period, then Alexander. Uh, mm -hmm. And so then, then the guys that were were with Alexander, they took over the northwest of present-day India. So there was like a period of I, I forget how many years, 30 years, for 40 years, where there was a, a Greco-Indian kingdom that was Buddhist. Right. And then they Yeah, were, that's a trip. That's yeah, very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. like pre-Christian. So so right. so people like, but it but people get shocked by the idea of you know like Carl was it Carlos Castaneda's India, Jesus in India the idea that Jesus spent any right. time in India people go well that's absurd well it's like look at a map he was here right. India was here like people right. the Romans were regularly going in boats back and forth it you know right. it wasn't it wasn't like Stone Age it was you know like right. <laughs> there was like some number like two hundred boats per year coming from. Uh, yeah from down the red sea from from egypt down into to india at that time there was a jewish neighborhood in kerala in uh, in thomas's day so like there was a place for him to go when they say thomas came to india and people say right. that's absurd that's uh, that couldn't have been no he came to the jewish <laughs> neighborhood, neighborhood and that's, in that's where he established his church that's where his church still is that's where they hail right. all the way back to him in fact when the portuguese came they didn't recognize it because they didn't know the language so among the hindu temples they were burning down they burnt down christian temples christian churches too because <laughs> they didn't wow. they couldn't read the old dravidian language where it said father son and holy spirit <laughs> mm -hmm. well, that's a trip yeah it's that's really trippy so culture and language and yeah yeah you know and the world is a lot more connected than people think you know and as in india wow. as far as christianity like uh you know uh, western liberal reactionary progressive atheist types I, I say that with love. I'm not saying that from like some other side. I'm I'm with mm. you. I'm I'm with I'm with y'all. You know the the leftist mm -hmm. atheists. No, I think they're they're great. They're much better than the right wing Christians. I'd say personally in my right. opinion. Um, right. So, but they have a little bit of an extreme view where they they would look at Goa and see just a sad example of western colonialism and but the but the thing is there's a rich uh, and ancient beauty here that is mm -hmm. catholic yeah and it is portuguese influenced and it's also indian and it's the result of bloodshed like everywhere else in the world i mean go to normandy you know like in france mm -hmm. and it's like well you want to sit there and cry about the the the, the french that the normans came and killed when they established mm -hmm. this or are you going to just look at the beautiful wall <laughs> you know right, like there's, there's right, beautiful right. walls here there's there's so there's a right. fort and a, you know all kinds of stuff but uh right but yeah like what what i was saying is is christianity 
didn't necessarily always spread by by uh, mm -hmm. by the the sword in the sense of uh you know like spanish conquistadors with their with their priest sure. next to them it, it it that did happen here but that that but it, there was also an earlier period where one of the 12 mm -hmm. disciples came here specifically mm. it was his job to come here <laughs> so right, so right, so right. india's history with religion and with christianity specifically is much older than um, i don't know that's just something i wanted to say just in case anybody's yeah. listening uh it's interesting yeah. just how much uh, religion not only how many religions have sort of blossomed in india but then how even the Western religions were thinking like Christianity or right. Islam, like they have a huge They're not presence. even Western. They they had it in Rome and Rome was an empire. Right. So thus Catholicism, mm -hmm. but the, but that wasn't necessarily right. Christianity. Like, uh, mm -hmm. it's like, a, mm -hmm. just like the swastika, you know, Hitler took mm -hmm. the swastika from someone else, you know, yeah, okay, they mm -hmm. have one, I guess, in Old Norse, but he took it from me. You know, it's, for, it's a Buddhist uh, yeah. symbol, yeah. <laughs> and a Hindu, and Hindi too, and Hindu, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, and gave it a bad name, and you know, right. It is weird to see like such a peaceful symbol just yeah. totally inverted. It's it's the... actually very nice here because you know you see it around, and I have a Lakshmi shrine right over there with a swastika, mm -hmm. and you know, like no one. It's actually uh, everywhere here as well. Just, oh, just yeah. Reason. Oh, that's true. You see true, it everywhere yeah. in Korea. Yeah, but yeah. So that's why when I, I remember when I first got here, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm staring at the... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's what everybody, like, when they first start seeing those symbols in Korea, you know, like swastika. Yeah. And in, Indi like, in India, they that? have those, yeah. the yantra where you'll see, like, a six... You'll see a, a, a Jewish star with a swastika, with, you right. know, and it's because those are two sacred symbols <laughs> that are related to each other in a specific way here, and it's, like, lucky. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, like, nothing weird. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's neither Jewish nor German, you know. Right, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Things get twisted later, you know. It's yeah. kind of funny, like, hey, they took that from us, man. Hey, don't, right. you know. <laughs> Like, what are you doing with that? So, hey, man, they appropriated our symbol. <laughs> like, that's not what it's supposed to mean, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy. That, um, yeah. a, that is one other weird thing is if you go to any bookseller in uh, Delhi, just to, someone will be sitting there with a pile of books. And if they have more than 20 books, one of them will be Mein Kampf. That's a little odd. Um, oh, but, that is interesting. Weird. Yeah, I think because they just had a different view of all, everything that happened in World War II. I mean, like, uh, mm. I mean, I guess it's probably about as, I mean, it's not even as edgy as like a, a liberal Westerner having a picture of Mao, maybe Che. Mm -hmm. It's like probably on the same level as Che, you know, for them. It's okay. like, if you get down and talk to somebody, they're like, oh yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I've read Mein Kampf. I really like Hitler's political philosophy. That's why, I, you know, <laughs> like, right, right, you know, right. they, it's similar to, to the Hindu nationalists. And it's like, yeah, but that's why it's not good though. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Missing some other parts of the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I sat down funny. with a guy, he was showing me his sketches. He's like, I've, I'm an artist too. I, I draw, you know, and it's like, oh, but why are they all Hitler? <laughs> like, he's like, I'm just, I just really like his political philosophy. I'm like this Indian guy in uh, Pune. It's like, okay. Yeah, I knew him because we, we were both at the same Ayurvedic doctor. He was getting an enema. Like, uh, uh -huh. I watched him get an enema, and then I looked at his drawings of Hitler. India was interesting. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's really an interesting uh -huh. place. <laughs>
that's fascinating yeah, yeah, yeah. um i'm sure because of the corona uh, the covid situation you've been kind of stuck where you're at but have you have you got a chance to travel around all the different like a lot oh, yeah. of different parts of well not all of them but uh i sorry about the dogs by the way i I, uh, I shifted here in 2018, uh, and what, what ended up happening was my original plan was I was going to continue my Buddhist pilgrimage. So there was yeah. Lumini in India, in, in Nepal, and then I had uh -huh. three places to visit in India. So I came to India, and I got to Delhi, and I was like, okay, I'm in Delhi. First, yeah. I'll go to Bodh Gaya or Sarnath. And, uh, uh -huh. But while I'm here, uh, I'm going to write to my Facebook friend and see if she wants to have coffee. There she is. Mm -hmm. Hello. She just came back from. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We're married now, so you can kind of see where the story's <laughs> going. So, yeah. so, so, yeah. So we had coffee, and uh, then after a few, after a couple weeks, um, I said, "Okay, I'm going to continue traveling." You know, mm -hmm. so it was nice spending these two weeks with you here in Delhi. But I came here mm -hmm. to see India, so I'm going to see India. She was working six days a week, so she couldn't mm -hmm. travel much. And so I, I left and I left for two weeks. I went to Varanasi, I went to Saranath, I went to Pune and I came back to Delhi. I said, I'm not going anywhere without you. That was torture. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, wow. it was like, we, we really came together, you know, wow, in, in the wow. beginning. And, and I said, I can't, you know, and so she, so she started taking days off work so that we could travel together, but it, we'd oh. go for three days here, three days there. Uh, so we went to Rishikesh that way. We went to Dharamshala that way. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know a couple of other places we went down to Mysore eventually mm -hmm. and then you know then after I worked some things out so she didn't have to work there anymore and so uh, mm -hmm. so I you know said hey because yeah, her boss was being kind of a controlling uh, psycho and so I was, like, <laughs> I was like hey why don't you just not go to work you know and uh, right. so so she didn't and then uh, so then we were able to travel more so we went down to Mysore and took yoga training we went to Thailand and um, then we were planning to keep going and then COVID hit so we we we, right. we had a bit of traveling she she still hasn't been to the states uh, but okay. once once everything kind of goes back to normal then we'll start taking steps to you know nothing too dramatic just try to get her a tourist visa so we can go and um, or maybe it's simple enough to do a spousal visa but if we were if we were going to do the the three year, I think we'd have to stay in the U.S. for three years if she wanted to go for citizenship. I think that that's uh, how that okay. works. Uh, but yeah. uh, but you know, if we do that, that'll be something for the future. But uh, anyway, right, right. I, I don't know if people are well, interested. That's an, yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> yeah. Started started as like a Buddhist pilgrimage in India. Yeah. Ended up in India. Yeah, just getting married. I, I didn't want to go back. I wanted to come here and somehow find a way to stay forever. And in my mind, I was thinking I would either marry the, the pretty girl on Facebook or uh, or become a monk. And uh, luckily it turned out to be the, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, yeah, uh, sounds better to me. <laughs> yeah. Personally. Yeah, you'd be a householder, not a uh, exactly not in the Household, householder yeah. yogi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I guess with uh, God, it must have been interesting living there during COVID and everything because mm. it wasn't it wreaking havoc. I remember, uh, remember, I was actually in a quarantine, so I had the news on, which I don't really yeah. watch the news that much. Mm. But 
I just remember watching the news while I was in quarantine one time, and it was like 500,000 cases a day. The next day was like 600,000 cases. We were late late bloomers. There was a time when it was the U.S., you know, half of everybody has COVID. And then India, what about India? We have five cases. And then the whole world kind of looked at each other. We're like, I think they're lying about their numbers. (laughs) Uh, But then, yeah, when it hit here, it hit hard. And, uh, you know. Right. Then, uh, but it, but the numbers, the growth numbers are down. Like the number of new cases every day are down from where they were, which sounds right now, like, yeah. yeah, like that's still not great. That means, of course, we have thousands of new cases every day, but fewer thousands right. of new cases every day than it was right, when right. everybody was panicking at that time. And, uh, right, right, right. I heard, I heard some of those places that got hit super hard. It would make sense that they would have a degree of herd immunity because it was just like wiping through certain region, like areas, mm, right? Mm. Like uh, if they're having, think about that. If you're having half a million cases a day at one time, mm. and that's not even counting all the people that were asymptomatic and stuff. Like right. it's very feasible that millions of people in certain regions got it. And, and when everything just, when yeah. everything shut down, there were a lot of people living in the major cities that weren't from there that didn't right. like live there or if they did they were paying rent and uh mm-hmm. working to pay that rent and uh mm-hmm. so they all had to go back and a lot of them went, went by foot because they couldn't even go right. by train or by bus they walked right. you know and right. uh and so it ended up spreading that way uh you know from the city to the villages and then back mm-hmm. when then then the, they when they reopened everybody migrated back to the cities and brought it back from mm-hmm. the villages and so it was just like uh not very well thought out um wow. i think at one point they were they were they operated they were operating the trains to help people to get where they needed to go but mm-hmm. yeah a lot a lot of migrant workers and here migrant worker just means from you know a state over there coming to a major city to work you know Mm, okay okay coming from like the countryside to a bigger city yeah yeah. it's it's not really something that happens in u.s you don't really have alabama people going to work in california i mean you do but it's more of a permanent thing it's like i am going to upgrade my life situation go to college not be from alabama anymore go to a big city or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) right 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 oh interesting interesting we we got out in time California got yeah. too expensive. I mean, it was. So oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid. Honestly, I would not. I would not want to live there now. Yeah. You know, not now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just with yeah, like we're talking, like yeah, just the oh my god, just the price of everything, mm. and just the climate, like political climate, and yeah. the overall. The overall vibe, it's weird because... Um, Plus the fires every year. <laughs> oh, the fires every year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. One thing I noticed, I mean, I don't know, I guess the last time you were there was three or four years ago, right? Yeah, it was right? uh, 18, 2018. Oh, 2018, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know, what I get last time I was, the last couple of times, it's like you feel like people are on edge and they're very, mm-hmm. it's like there's tension in the air. And it's yeah, thick. when was the last time you were there? That was right before covid i think or right when oh, it started okay. right when it yeah. started but it wasn't oh really yeah big. that was, it was like right early in 2020 thick of early everything. 2020 yeah yeah, yeah. oh man yeah, yeah, yeah. things were so polarized i mean now they're polarized but they're like they're polarized with memes but back then there were right. people marching in the streets like oh yeah 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 and it then covid like hit and they didn't uh, care they kept marching in the streets you know right, like, everybody right, stay right. home well we're gonna overthrow the government instead you know like what are you doing jesus 
yeah 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 just feels like a lot of civil unrest and yeah. just very pol- polarized and mm. yeah, yeah we were having some I mean, some riots and protests here of about mm-hmm. a variety of you know several different issues but then when the lockdown happened everybody went home it was like, <laughs> oh okay right. no more riots for today we gotta like gotta deal with <laughs> priorities <laughs> right 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 yeah. oh that's interesting that's interesting mm-hmm. and they're they're uh they uh, vac- uh vaccinated a lot there too there are a lot yeah. of vaccines. There's uh, there's like two or three Indian vaccines, and then the Russian uh-huh. one is available. And uh, to a limited degree, the American like you can get Pfizer if you're in a major city. Um, mm-hmm. But the, but then the thing that comes up there is sometimes they run out of Pfizer, so you go you get mm. your first shot, and you go back to get your second shot, and they're like, oh, it's a different actually, one. We don't have any, you know, like we ran out. Right, right, right. So that they give you whatever they have, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're actually like staying pretty much quarantined here and holding out for the Pfizer, but it's it, it hasn't gotten right. down here to go yet. But it's like, okay, right. well, this has an eighty-one percent chance. Uh, this has a seventy-two percent chance. Uh, that one has a ninety-eight percent chance, but you know, like, yeah. Spencer, right, right. Like, oh, come on, right, right, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I was checking out your stuff. One character mm-hmm. that I'm interested—I was talking—I'm I'm very fascinated with John D. on the Western yeah. side. One character I've been getting uh, very interested in these days is—he's uh, like huge in Bhutan. His name is Jungpa Kunli, and he—he's mm. the guy. I think that you did an interview with the monk, and he was—he was sort of like the. Um, I think they call him like the father of uh bhutan or something oh, like that the great unifier all the, yeah all the oh is he the guy with all the foul i'm talking about the guy with the phallic symbols oh that guy the, the divine madman yeah they call yeah. him the madman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah the book actually just came out called like the mad yogi there's a new book out that just mm. dropped like a month ago on mm. him there's another one called the divine madman yeah, yeah. Exactly. and then there's so, so that, there's yeah. a, there's some crossover like with present day problematic behavior like if you oh, imagine really like Padma Sambhava, the you know the stories yeah. about him. If he was going on today, then people would mm-hmm. probably accuse him of you know uh, being inappropriate. You know, um, right. and same with same with uh, the the Divine Madman. Um, uh-huh. You know, like uh, so it's it's a, it's a tough. I mean, I, I before all the scandals. I don't know if you've been following in Shimbalaya, the uh, the mm-hmm. American sort of the American. Uh, there was. There was Lama, mm-hmm. oh, what's his name? The one that came over and hung out with Alan Watts and drank scotch and smoked cigarettes. Lama, uh, I'm oh, uh, this blank. The guy who founded uh, Chimbalaya. Maybe Chogyam Trungpa? Maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he, you know, obviously, I mean, he had his issues and then Chimbalaya was founded and and uh, the, the, the head that I think it was his son or whoever took over after him, um, you know, it ended up, he was doing a lot of bad things, uh, mm. and, you know, putting people in situations where they felt like they had to go along with, you know, what he was uh, asking yeah. for it. But then, but then in, built into Vajrayana is, Hey, if you want to get enlightenment, then you take an oath to your guru to do everything he says. And if you don't mm. like it, then it's your fault and don't tell anyone because you're naughty. And that's like Vajrayana. Right. And I mean, that's like some part of like the central core tenets of old Vajrayana. So, so that of sure. course, trying to, trying to mix that with the modern world is going to be problems, yeah. you know? So, so I don't know, right. but, but I, 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 I am a fan 
I think today I'm less <laughs> of a fan of the Divine Madman than I was a few years ago right. because of considering uh, all of these things. Um, right, right, right. I like his personality, and he reminds me yeah. of people that I knew in this life that were funny and kind of like a little dirty, but not too much, but enlightened kind of, you know, like, so it's like, he's like the, the enlightened pervert and they don't mind. They, right, right. they like in Bhutan, they go, oh, you know, you know, like they don't, they don't take right. it as an insult. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what he was. No, but but um, his, his reputation as far as in Bhutan, it's mm -hmm. like very, it's still very good, isn't it? Don't they like look up to him or, is, or do they see him through that? Like, sort of well, like, they, like a I sexual predator lens or no? Uh, they don't see it that way in Bhutan. Right, right, right. Um, as far as I know, um, okay. it's 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 when it comes it 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 kind of like comes in contact with the you know the sort of predatory guru ridden West sure. that dresses up as East. You know the the orientalized you know, the orientalization of the 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 white mm -hmm. cult leader in the in the right. you know saying I'm a Vajrayana teacher and. Uh, this is what the gurus do. So this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, blah, blah, blah. That, then it's like, it's, it's like particularly dark when it gets into like, right. th those, those areas. And, but, but uh, I mean, but he himself, I mean, from what I understand, he, I like his mantra, you know, his mantra, the, the no, no, he, no. he was famous for one of the, one of the things he's famous for was someone came to that. I forget his name. I forgive me all of Bhutan. I'm going to call him the divine madman. <laughs> um, someone went to him and said, how can I attain enlightenment in one lifetime? And, and mm -hmm. he said, I'll give you a mantra. And if you stick to it, you will attain enlightenment within this lifetime. And he said, great, what is it? And it was, it's in Bhutani. It's like common vernacular, mm -hmm. not like a special, you know, but the, the words are, if I recall correctly, I take refuge in an old man's chastened penis withered at the root something like that. I take refuge in an old woman's flaccid vagina, impenetrable, sponge-like. And then I take refuge in the, in the young tiger's, you know, uh, erect penis, you know, uh, right. it, it, indifferent to death. I take refuge in the quivering orgasms of the young maiden's lotus. And so that was his mantra that he was supposed to I've say over and over. Before. Yeah. 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 I've heard and then so everybody thought he was like a pervert his family was ashamed of him <laughs> they kept him in a room where nobody could hear him chanting and they they right. wouldn't take him to the public uh things <laughs> and then then one day they they heard a uh, some kind of sound and they went to his room and it was empty and there was a rainbow and they looked out the window and saw that he was floating away to nirvana and he was turning around and saying see you prudes i'm uh, i'm going to nirvana you stay here with your hangups and so so that's his version of vajrayana buddhism it's like concentrated the naughty parts of Vajrayana Buddhism, like what Westerners <laughs> right. think of as Tantra when they hear the word Tantra, that's what he right. was all that's about. <laughs> so, right, so he, right, yeah, right. He, he put the, the, the focus and then supposedly if you wanted to, to see him that you had to bring wine and a beautiful woman, otherwise he wouldn't see you. Um, right, a bottle of wine and a beautiful yeah, woman. Both. The, uh, yeah, so his temple is like filled with wine bottles from all the people that came to see him over the years wow well, and you 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 did you go to that temple yeah did you get a chance? yeah wow that's a trip man wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's but yeah cool. his whole thing was yeah so they they paint the penis on every building there's like the 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 four like the the white 
something rather the the lion the mountain lion the tiger the dragon i think and then uh some kind of bird or the garuda uh the king of the birds and then the penis and and that's painted right. on like most homes businesses buildings of any kind you know temples and so on and so forth all over bhutan that's, oh, that's very unique to bhutan i think even before the chinese occupation you wouldn't have found that in tibet so that was mm -hmm. that was something definitely unique to that region for better or worse or yeah, it's it's definitely interesting i mean it's the only place where you see like i mean like with veins and everything like not even like an abstract thing here in india right. there's the the shiva lingam which you go and right, pour right. milk on and, and the old ladies putting milk on and then you can go hee hee. Mm -hmm. But like in Bhutan, they're like, it's vain, like detailed, out. like, you know, <laughs> right, on the right, house, right. you know, and then the, the, the young woman underneath, like the, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. And, and, but everybody giggles about it. That's the thing is they, they know it's funny. They, it's like, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to like make you not take yourself seriously or like it's supposed to right. But I think people can, it's, I mean, it's so, it's such an abstract thing to have painted on the side of a wall that a, a person could kind of go anywhere with it, I guess, and say, well, the, because my erection is sacred, that's why you must worship it. Or they can, you know, right. like think it's funny and giggle, you know? So right. I think they, some yeah, people do one, some people do the other, you know? Right, right, right. Well, it's unfortunate. I mean, uh, I did pick up uh, through ebook that Divine Madman, I haven't read it mm. yet, but I've been mm. kind of skimming through it, but yeah, if you look at it, it's like, what kind of effect did he have? It sounds very interesting. It sounds almost like lighthearted and fun. But then yeah. there's also the darker side of like you were saying, like, you know, forcing people to follow your sexual will yeah. and things along these lines, right? There's yeah. the disturbing side and the inter you know, the more. Well, and there's also texts and not from Bhutan, but from Tibet. And I'm mm -hmm. hearing about this secondhand, by the way. Um, so I, I'm quoting, I think, uh, Matthew uh, Remsky, who's uh, one of the, uh, on the Conspirituality podcast, he talked about this. So I'm not, this isn't direct knowledge. This is my repeating of what he said, is that there's particular scriptures where it explains how to convince young women, young women um, mm -hmm. with honey, like to, to get them with honey to put it on their lips to like get them into kissing and to start talking mm -hmm. to them about this and that to get them to play the role of uh mm -hmm. of uh you know the the one who devours herself uh mm -hmm. to like train train the young women to so that by the time they're 16 they can and it's it's like oh shit okay so some of those some of the maoist propaganda was true it turns out <laughs> like because they, they had wow. they they had those paintings of the the monks with all the w women with their breasts hanging out and they were living in luxury as like that was but they all looked chinese but that was their they were showing people this is why we need to take over tibet is because these are the people in charge in tibet and it's like you know as an american uh that likes uh, john travolta or whatever or which one was it richard gear you know like uh, that mm -hmm. likes the dalai lama i go well this is offensive but then i start to hear stuff like that and it's like oh they didn't just make it up you know there was like a kernel of truth in it you know like sure like yeah. you, you, you know any of that stuff is 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 based on something there's a grudge somewhere there's an injustice somewhere, but then it gets blown out of proportion and, and made as an excuse for genocide or something, you know, like yeah, so right. both Hitler and Mao, uh, you know, right. and their grudges, you know, you guys have too much money, you know, in, in my country. So we're going to kill all of you and take your money back. Okay. 
that's fucked. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, do sexual things with young women and in the name of religion, that's fucked. So we're going to take over your whole country and kill everybody. That's also fucked. That's <laughs> also fucked. Right, 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 right. Both fucked. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a sad part of the past. I mean, well, now, too, obviously, with power, you have Hollywood and yeah. the Me Too. And yeah. then you have, I mean, it's just not religion, right? You have religion, you have it in. That's the uh, thing, yeah. Culture, it's the human power. When people have power. Look at, yeah. I mean, look at China. The, the emperor had, like, thousands of concubines and stuff mm, and yeah you look at right now i mean north korea right across the border literally right. a two-hour drive away kim has a sexual army sexual oh, slave army oh, uh, he, he picks them out in, in high school mm. i mean it's not like it's only happening it's happening now too yeah you know, it's not just in the past not just in the past that's what i'm trying no, to say okay. i think it's more of a uh where, where there's nuclear power weapons. and corruption and any yeah. nuclear weapons yeah. Oh, bad exactly. combination. Exactly. If he didn't have that, I'm sure he wouldn't be there anymore. I mean, by now the Americans would have gone in and screwed everything right. up. <laughs> no, but right, I, right. I think well, South funny, Korea's, like America's about, one success yeah. story is South Korea, though. <laughs> yeah, really. It's just weird living here and then just the contrast between the two countries, right? Oh, like, my God. You just yeah. look at like the, they, uh, at nighttime, they show like Korea is just this huge, you know, any, any Korean street, you go outside, it's like Las Vegas because there's lights everywhere and it's shiny. It's like Japan basically the yeah. same thing everything's mm. shiny and bright and you know then you look at north korea and it's just like nothing desolate mm. there's like only lights in pyongyang and that one street where they live yeah basically. where the tourists go the where the bus the bus route yeah, with yeah. cardboard cutouts of smiling people right 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 <laughs> just weird that there's a character like there's this kim guy just sitting over there right and apparently and what he's he the does third is... one <laughs> and yeah, then without yeah, right. irony to say in the name of workers right and then the name of power right. to the people i right. am going to right. take over the government and it says right. here that i should uh do that in order to give it over to you guys but instead of that i'm going to establish a dynasty and we're going to go backwards right. 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 <laughs> well they do and they also do use like the appeal to religion too right like he's like a mm. cult figure they they worship him yeah. basically like He's from yeah. the gods, basically. They like get rid of the other religions because they compete yeah. with the with that religion, right? With our exactly our belief, and Which um, wasn't apparently he flies in. <laughs> What's funny is he hates America and every like you yeah. know. There's the animosity towards America, but apparently he flies in McDonald's in from Beijing because they can't have McDonald's in North Korea. So he'll get Big Mac meals delivered from China. He'll uh, apparently his favorite thing to watch is the NBA, which is like the most oh, American. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like he likes drinking American alcohol, watching American TV, oh. and eating American McDonald's. <laughs> which there was that guy, the guy with the hair in the NBA that that went and hung out with his dad, uh, oh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, Rodman. Rodman. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rodman. Oh. And then they made uh, the interview basically based on him, based on that. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, exactly. The movie, the interview. Right. Yeah. Right. right. It's just interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah, the world's an interesting place. Oh, I always, sure you know, it's it's fun travel yeah. talking to people who travel a lot and stuff. It's like yeah. it really just changes you so much just going to yeah. different countries and seeing how yeah. uh, people think and people live and you know, um just different ways of living, different philosophies. I feel like that's like the most one of the most important things. I think you gotta get out there, you gotta travel. I think you know. so yeah you know that uh you, do you know uh the band uh gogo bordello uh what's that gogo bordello uh oh, not Wander, sure uh -huh. there, there's a song i recommend listening uh to uh wanderlust king 
uh, by Gogo Bordello. There's a there's a music oh, okay. video. And it's like when I first started traveling, I it was like my my anthem, you know, and I would show right. it to other people who were also traveling and it would become their anthem, you know. <laughs> it was like such a uh, very yeah, go, 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 you know, like uh, talking it about yeah, it starts off uh, you know, he's saying that there was a time when you weren't considered a man unless you had you know, gone to the other side of the hills, crossed the seven seas. And, uh, but now people stay like scarecrows in their hometown and travel through their screens, you know, mm. talking about wow, that's interesting. Put oh, the I like screen that. down I like and get out there. And he's like, I'm never going to stop. I'm a wanderlust king. And it's like, yeah, Ooh, I like no. that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Very, I'm getting no, take that. chills just relating about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, feasibly travel will be opened within the next, you know, countries are open. Oh, Europe's yeah. open people are going to be wanting it. People are going to be like, like yeah. a champagne bottle with a cork you know oh, yeah. up. they'll be ready to i think start. early probably like um even start, travel is already starting like my mom just went to iceland for a month and traveled oh, around cool. a lot of countries mm. are open if you have a vaccine or if you have right. like a negative pcr test right yeah um some countries are just fully opening but i think next spring next summer is probably going to be nuts mm. like that's when most countries will probably be open it'll you know, so yeah. I'll have to pick your brain by next. Oh, you know, I love sure. travel. Yeah. I try to travel to a few countries around the world, but definitely Nepal and Bhutan. Oh yeah, they, we, might be we both love Korea too. We, we'd love to. Oh yeah, anytime you come too. Man. And yeah, and okay. with you and Goa too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, that's always it's always a pleasure to you know host people from other places and show them your yeah you know, yeah your, your hood. It's like your new hometown or something. Right? Yeah. Uh, here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. Is there a way that yeah. we can tie Squid Game into something occult or hermetic related so that it wouldn't be off topic for either of our podcasts? Yeah, that's a, uh, red that and blue. Red and blue. Huh? Severity uh, of well, Squid Game, you had that sort of weird, um, almost like where the Golden Dawn has those masks, like that's the true. weird, like, you know, the headdresses yeah, and all that yeah. stuff like that, right? And, sort of, and then there's like, there's like a hierarchy of the guys. Oh, right? Well, like the games the, are like the grades. The neophyte grade is oh, there you go. Yeah, the red yeah. light, green light. <laughs> right, right, right. They're the ordeals you have to pass or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Until you're yeah. the one guy at the top who's the new chief adept. <laughs> you know what's you know interesting? Did, did you watch that in... Um, in uh with english dubbing or do you guys watch it in subtitles i watched with subtitles yeah oh that's good okay yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. i of course i i mean i'm fluent in korean so i could mm. understand everything oh yeah, you're yeah, saying. I think, yeah. I, but uh, i i was recently watching something and it had like a clip of squid games but it was in english and it just yeah. feels weird i heard it's that it was the nuance bad. you missed yeah. so much nuance about it and, i i yeah. think philosophically i became a sub subtitle person especially after was is his name bong joon ho is that his name? Oh, Bong Joon-ho, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he, he gave a speech, I think, at the Emmys or the Oscar, I don't know, where he was talking about yeah. the little, uh, you know, I forget his exact words, but that kind of solidified something that I had already been feeling, which is, it kind of, I mean, it's an extension of, you know, here I'll, here I, now, now I'll step into my liberal white uh, California shoes mm -hmm. and, and be a total yeah. hypocrite. But, but yeah, no, the, the, uh, the default human for too long in according to the media has been the heterosexual white male and uh, and is who speaks english like that's part of that uh that default uh dominant the the dominant uh whatever you know what you see on the screen what you hear on the screen and uh and it's it, it's been people think mm. very narrowly oh. 
and in order to in order to be able to consume something from another place besides UK or Canada or, or America or or, uh, or Australia, they have to uh, you know have it dubbed, and it has to be good dubbing. Yeah. They have to have good actors do the dubbing, and it's like, come on, just read just read subtitles, just learn another language. You know, it's like, do you? I mean, are you? Is it still the sun never sets on the British Empire? Like, are you pro? 17th century you know like (laughs) like just take over the whole world so everybody can speak one language and i they'll give me fish and chips properly wherever i go in the world Mm -hmm. like is that you you know like no so yeah i i I, but then i'm also another level of hypocrite where i haven't i've been here three years and i haven't learned hindi so you Mm, okay. Maybe that's your next uh, English very well, so we just your next challenge, huh? Yeah, uh, got to dive into the Hindi. I did. Uh, I did uh, get the Rosetta Stone thing. I just need to spend my go. half an hour a day, and then I can. Do yeah, it. really, just half an hour a day. That's what I always recommend people. Like people who are new to Korea and they're trying to learn the language. I'm like, if you dedicate 30 minutes a day to really focus study, where it's like these are the expressions that I use on a daily basis. These are yeah. words that. You know, there's only so many words that you use daily, right? Or in mm. typical conversation. That's true. What yeah. you have to do is distill those down, those expressions, and put in 30 minutes a day. In a year, you, you should be not, not necessarily fluent, but conversational. Right. And then yeah. the more you go along, you just keep building off of that. And mm. Eventually, fluency comes, right? But yeah, yeah I mean, learning another language, it's, for me, it's an ongoing process. She just learned douchebag right. yesterday. We were watching. <laughs> yeah. we, we were watching. What were we watching? We were watching uh, Fifty Shades Darker, and uh, right. and and so someone calls someone a douchebag, and I and I just heard her say she just repeated douchebag. <laughs> so after after the movie yeah. was over i went in and i said so um right. <laughs> and I yeah that's funny like the layers and how to lead up to like okay exactly when and where you should call someone a douchebag and she was saying oh uh, right. my, my female friend is a bit obnoxious so i think she's a douchebag i'm like no you have to be you have to be minimum 30 year old male and drive a corvette and be the sort of guy that would drive you to like a bar and then leave without telling you you know and, and you have to fend for yourself that's a douchebag you know that's like, funny <laughs> in most yeah. cases you can be a younger douchebag if you're a 15 year old you can call another 15 year old a douchebag but generally speaking we're talking right. about older males you know right yeah, yeah exactly oh, that's pretty funny. Pretty funny. yeah what's what's cool about learning language too is like it gives you a whole different view because when you start thinking in the language that you're learning yeah Language is inherently embedded with culture and religion and other worldviews and histories and things like that, right? Yeah. So like when I talk in Korean and I'm seeing the world in Korean, it's totally different than when you switch to English, Hmm. you know, because for example, Korea has like honorifics embedded in it. There's, Hmm. you know, levels of politeness. English has that to a very small degree, but in Korean you have, you know, uh, it's like humbling yourself. It's literally you conjugate the verb to talk more humbly Hmm. or, you know, uh, more... Uh, casually you know it's it's yeah. it's a much different way of viewing the world and um and just the emotional range of expressions in korean is a lot it's weird because since i've been fluent in korean for so long there's certain things i want to say in english they just don't have it like they don't have that emotion it would be yeah. like degree of anger or like you know what i mean it's like right. there's different yeah subtlety that you just don't where even they, really have i've heard about yeah. similar things in japan yeah. where mm-hmm. yeah like having a natural american anger response to a situation not turning out the way you want will make them mm-hmm. view you as like 
uh, crazy person or like you right. know, an unstable, angry man, right. you know, like as opposed right. to just having a normal reaction, you know, like from our point of view, like right. what seems like right. a normal reaction. Yeah, exactly. But it, exactly. yeah, in India, it's a little different because there's sort of a, a lot of expression, a lot of, you know, like sure. a, a, anger can kind of come and go in a conversation, you know, people get passionate right, right, right. and like, uh, you know, get riled up and then as long as it doesn't go too far and it comes back down then nobody's throwing fists you know <laughs> like right, in some cases right. you know if you get it if there's alcohol right. involved especially you know bunch right. of <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's and it's different there because english is like an official language it is you know yeah it's, it's not like here where lingua they, franca yeah, there are places where they don't right. speak hindi but they speak english yeah right 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 exactly exactly so you and uh pretty much any city or big town you go to you're gonna at least english should be passable is that right pretty much yeah for the most part um most like part. if if uh if i want to buy vegetables from someone selling vegetables on the side of the road it'll help if i can speak some hindi but if mm -hmm. i go to the bank there's probably <laughs> at least one employee that they can find that speaks pretty good english and uh and and that's usually by age Sometimes they'll, if you go to what they call here an uncle store, which is sort of like, I guess, before the uh, grocery stores that we're used to, like they, they had these stores where there'd be one guy standing at, oh, sorry, I just hit the microphone. Yeah. One guy standing, standing at the table and you come up and you tell him what you need and he goes and grabs it for you and comes up. Mm -hmm. so, so sometimes those places, they'll have their kids and the grandkids or niece and nephew working there. And so more often than not, if I went and there was a whole family there, they'd have to bring out the seven-year-old to like, oh, oh someone's speaking English, bring, bring out. And they'd be there with their, with their, their, their smartphone and they'd say, hmm, what do you need? Okay, that'll be two, you know, 235 rupees. Okay, here's your change. And then the, the grandpa has no idea what just happened with what they were talking about. So that's fine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. That's and then there's you know, debate about whether that's a good thing or not. Um, you know, like, like mm -hmm. for example, in order to advance, in order for an Indian person to advance at an Indian company, that mm -hmm. not knowing English can be a barrier. And so, so there's like philosophical, you know, debates about whether that is good or comparing comparing to other countries that don't do it that way, like China, or you know, sure. where there's no requirement to learn English. But then on on the other hand, you know. I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't talk too much on the other hand because of my own skin tone, but you know, like speak, speaking pro Indians learning English, I don't know if I should take that position, you know, it could be taken out sure. of context, but I can see, I can see both points of view, you know, you know oh, like yeah, sure. taking advantage of, because a lot of people do speak French. A lot of people do speak English. Yes, it's because of terrible history. Um, but, you know, practically speaking, if you want to trade with people here or there, it helps to know one of these languages, you know, like if it's an international business, if it's not an international business, then that's kind of a different thing, unless it's a tourist thing. If it, you know, if sure. you're going to be hired to be the, the face of a hotel speaking to tourists, right. you want to know some English, maybe even some German and Russian. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. 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 As it's pros and cons, I see, I yeah, see both. Yeah. Both sides of that, you know, yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. I got to get that Hindi lessons going, huh? Hey, you have, you have somebody India, to help you with this. Yeah, exactly. Because right. India never went through a colonizer phase. India never decided it wanted to take over the world and milk resources out of everybody else. And so, so that's that alone is the reason why it's not like more of a 
of a of a competing force, you know, with the big the big few. But I think GDP wise, it's up there in the top three. Like uh, it goes, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like China, Japan, and then U.S. Germany and, and, America, and yeah. India are all kind of like right in there, just sort of moving around. Who's number one? England isn't even on the list, you know. I mean, so that's right. kind of fun irony. Like to that's interesting. That's, right? It's always yeah. nice to tell tell Indian people like you know uh, India's GDP is higher than Britain. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> yeah. When when Britain was a big deal is because they had India. <laughs> that's where right, wealth comes right, from. Right. <laughs> right. 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 No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, they took uh, I'm about to call it soon because it's getting late here. Oh, like yeah, it's, past, yeah. it's past midnight on this end, but uh, yeah. What should we What should we close with? Oh, huh, let's see. Um, maybe. Uh, oh, tell me about the uh, meaning of the name of your podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's nice. okay. <laughs> yeah. Praxis behind the obscure because I'm very interested. Like I mentioned, growing up and being exposed to all these uh, sort of esoteric things, right. With masonry and, you know, different forms, esoteric Buddhism and, um, you know, different forms of yoga and things like this. Right. So I, I, I called it praxis behind the obscure because I'm interested in sort of the obscure, the hidden practices that people are, the esoteric sides of what people are doing rather yeah. than, you know, the public image of, you know, there's like esoteric Christianity or esoteric Buddhism, right? You know, th things like that. So just trying to get to like the roots of what people are, what kind of practices people do, why, what effect do they have on them? You know, yeah, that kind of thing. You know, we should we should do this again sometime. Maybe not tomorrow, obviously, yeah. but in a month or two, and uh, and yeah. talk about some of those things. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I I. I, this was good to like uh, to meet mm -hmm. and kind of like get, get to share the, but mm -hmm. we kind of didn't go too much under the surface, uh, but we'll do that. I think we should do that because I yeah, yeah we I could do like a, a, a follow up mm -hmm. yeah, yeah we yeah we could do a part two part two that'd be good that'd yeah be good. yeah yeah because uh, yeah, these were a lot of external things and ideas and and uh, if one can infer our inner processes by our point of view about these external things. But mm -hmm. uh, it'd be interesting to really dive in. And, and yeah, because you mentioned, I think the Western, um, what was the word mm -hmm. you used? The Western has a emana emanationist. Uh, emanationism, right. Yeah. right, right. Non-duality. Right, non-duality, emanationism. And then there's panentheism. Right. And, and uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh -huh. and like, yeah, like where, how do we feel about these things and where are we at with them? And how, mm -hmm. how did they evolve over time? And, uh, sure, those sort of periods, it's kind of like like language kind of things. Yeah, right? existential questions, right? We're yeah. talking about language sort of um, uh, puts an overview. It gives you a certain perception of how you see the world, but also yeah. if you're seeing things, you know, if you're seeing things as uh, emanationist or dualist, or if you're seeing things as sort of empty, you know, shunyata, like in Buddhism, right? right? Emptiness, yeah. non-duality, or yeah. even in Hinduism, like Vedanta or Advaita, I think it's called it, Advaita, Advaita or Vedanta. I believe um, it's also shunyata like is uh oh oh in uh, yeah 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 there's a similar concept but there's this famous mm -hmm. debate between a brahmin and uh mm -hmm. buddha where 
they the the brahmin was basically saying that it's it's all one self and the buddhist was saying there is no self and right and the, in, the, in the hindu version of the telling of that uh, you know the brahmin wins because they go, well i get that if you don't exist then i guess you have nothing to say then uh then I <laughs> some smug stupid thing but uh but in the buddhist in the buddhist telling of it then uh buddha was focusing more on the caste system and a few of the other things that right. the hindus left out in their telling of that story but <laughs> right exactly so, saying exactly. oh you're a brahmin does that mean that your father was a brahmin or does that mean that you actually practice this and this and this and this because uh, right. looks, looks to me like it's just the outfit you're wearing you know that was kind of buddha's right he, he was a he was a counterculture you know he was a hero i don't know i like it i every the yeah. more i learn about him the more i like him you know so <laughs> in india currently the uh I mean, because like it's weird because I'm in Korea, which is mm. very far from India, technically, yeah. right? But mm. there's like a way higher percentage of Buddhists here than in India, right? Yeah. It's, it's well, that was like the very Muggles. Low. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. 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 Because mm -hmm. the, the, in those days, the 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 Buddhists were all organized according to you know the, in monasteries and mostly Mahayana mm -hmm. at that time, and and Vajrayana was just getting steam in two cities mm -hmm. and. Uh, Right. And then had been kind of stolen, like snuck out and brought to Tibet, and then right. someone, and then further to China, and then Kukai brought it further to Japan, and mm -hmm. and now it's Shingon in Japan. But then the Muggles right. just burned everything, and like there's a lot of Mahayana scriptures that we don't have original Sanskrit or original Pali of, and uh, sure. so so it's any it's always a guessing game with mm -hmm. the uh, the Chinese Mahayana you know that was right. written around seven and eight hundreds is was this mm -hmm. indian or not you know because there right. was so so much buddhism in china that they were writing new mahayana scriptures and then mm -hmm. sometimes they would have someone translated into sanskrit and then like find out after the fact that like mm -hmm. this was written in sanskrit but it was written in china after the chinese version was written <laughs> it's like oh, right. oh. <laughs> someone trying to add authenticity to the thing that their grandpa wrote or something you know and it, right. so it's right. it's such an interesting oh it, it's for me it's like if somebody's searching for truth, I imagine it would be frustrating and that they would eventually just leave it all behind. But if someone is, <laughs> has the arrogance of, of, you know, that, that I do of feeling that I already kind of have like a, a grasp of truth, I wouldn't be able to explain it. But, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I have it and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, it's fine. You know, like, I don't need to explain it like <laughs> but right. but it allows me to, to it allows me to surf and dive into this egregore and enjoy it and then and then come out of it and wash myself off and dive into this one and enjoy it and then having that back flexibility and, and not yeah. um, and then triangulate right. and and see oh well this element was here and here is that because mm -hmm. of a human common ancestor or is that because it's actually universal truth you know and those are those are just mm -hmm. fun questions i i like to those are super yeah those are great questions exactly. but as from someone seeking truth i'd say meditate and you know just right. meditate you know i mean like like real truth like real because it's it's the world is right there in front of us it's just we can't see it because our head is so full of a bunch of partial truths that are all bumping into each mm -hmm. other and making it mm -hmm. seem like they're all lies you know and uh right. but if but if you can let those all fizzle out like yoga yeah mm -hmm. i don't remember the sanskrit but the first uh line or second line of the yoga sutras yoga is the ending of the of the the disturbances in the mind or the ending of the modifications right, right. of the mind 
And when you when your right. mind can be still, and then mm-hmm. the, and if you have that control to make it so there's not these involuntary thoughts popping up and memories, and that is the mastery, that is the yoga. And then of course all the all the poses and everything else is secondary and came thousands of years later, actually. I mean, sure they right. were doing poses apparently based on the statues, but they never mentioned them in the scriptures. You know? Right, right, right. I think oh, Patanjali said sit comfortably. Like I don't, I don't even think he said, said anything about Padmasana. Mm, maybe not until later. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not that sure about that, but yeah. yeah well, now, now yoga is. Hundreds. Yeah. Well, now, right. post- yeah, now yoga is the mat and the, uh, the yeah. poser. <laughs> Patabi Joyce said that he got it from a guy who got it from Tibet and that he started teaching oh. this militaristic style that now became, has become the basis of every yoga class in uh in the western yeah i've heard that before i've actually heard yeah i don't know if i don't know if that's true but yeah yeah supposedly but his his teacher though was he had his teacher taught a few other people who started a couple of other lineages i think but they're not Mm. nearly as big as ashtanga and then uh and then of course uh ayengar was a student of his i think um but it was his nephew i think or it was something there was some relationship there but anyway um, yeah, well, I think we should do this again for sure, uh, and uh, we can think about okay. some topics. Yeah, definitely, we can do a uh, round two time. later on for sure. Yeah. We'll figure it if out. If anybody you know. has any any requests for us, just post in the comments below or or write there to us, go. depending on where you're where you're seeing this or hearing this. So sounds good. Thank sounds you good. very right, much thanks. for for the simulcast. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and definitely yeah. looking forward to the uh, next one for sure. Yeah, for this sure. Is, so we got a lot of culture. You get a lot of travel. You get a lot of um, yeah. You know, like you said, the external side. Next time we'll maybe go a little. Yeah, more, we'll uh, dive dive a little bit into the deeper stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. No, that'd be great. That'd be yeah, fun. That's good. That's okay. Good. All right. Cool. All right. Okay. Take it easy. You too. All right. Yeah. Good, good night. Yeah. Thank you, Brian, at Praxis Behind the Obscure for this conversation. I haven't had yet as I'm recording, uh, but I'm sure it was good. Special thanks to Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks at Jofuku-in for the music you're hearing right now. Special thanks to Camille and Kennerly for the harp transition into and out of the conversation itself. Special thanks to Jean-Michel Jarre for the music behind the uh, Transformations reading. Most importantly, thank you to you, the esoteric listening to this podcast. I hate to disappoint you, those of you who are expecting Brian Dahl at the end of this, uh, but if I do it every time, then it's not special. So we'll listen to some Frater R.C. instead. In this darkly splendid world, I went to make my way one day through the dark night like a child. I set out to find the one true way on the forest by the Abignus mountainside Woke up to the golden dawn And to tell his die I learned to cry 
And when all the phantoms vanish and I see the formless fire As we dance within the moonlight naked in nature's empire In the vault of light I heard the whisperings of some god unknown Like a lover's gentle word I knew that it was time now to atone For the sweethearts that I wronged For the sorrows of Isis Who seeks for the kisses that belong Upon only one true lover's cheek And when all the phantoms vanish And I see the formless fire As we dance within the moonlight Naked in nature's empire darkness we must go to initiate all we can be my true will i must know open your eyes now and come with me for the sweat our body share for the wine and bread your body is please my story no i care aphrodite goddess you're my bliss and when all the phantoms vanish and i see the formless fire as we dance within the moonlight, naked in nature's empire. And old Enoch rose above, but he had not yet seen your face. Now I'm trapped between your love, and the other side fills up with grace. So let's dance into the night, round the fire of our passion's flame. This truth we cannot fight, we cannot deny our lover's name. And when all the phantoms vanish and I see the formless fire As we dance within the moonlight naked in nature's empire Um, uh, that's Damanta, D-A-M-A-N-T-A, and uh, also known to us as Very Honored Freder R.C. and his band. Am I allowed to say that? I think that's okay. I'm assuming that's okay. I hope that's okay. Uh, all right, well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're entertained. And uh, check out edwardreeb.com. Got a lot of new stuff on there. Thomas and the Wolf. Small Gray Mouse. 
Taco's gonna be free on Kindle for uh, my American listeners on uh, Friday the 22nd or 23rd, is that? Okay. Thank you all for tuning in. Good night.